Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Late Sunday night special, or sorry, a late Monday night special for us here on the fifth and last box head. Bit of a jam-packed week, so I have to get in uh, late Monday, but nevertheless, always delivering regardless of time constraint and uh, things that are going on. We're just getting things done, my friend. Getting things getting done. Getting things done. So obviously... Uh, Grafting. If we're a bit tired or things are a bit off camber, we apologise. but I'm as not always, Oh, well, there you go. We all wide. I'm a little bit tired. I, uh, I was up till 4am watching the World Cup final. Wow. What a game. Well, we've got the opposite. What a game, man. I was up at 4am, but to go to work. But I slept until, I don't know, about 10 o'clock this morning when my wife finally kicked me out of bed. But, well, you know, it's good. School holidays, that's the beauty of it. I had six so. hours sleep, but I'm not burning a lot of energy. So If there's a lesson here for good, everybody man. there, school kids or anyone out there, encourage your kids to be teachers. I should have followed his footpath. Oh, it's a great job. I love it. But school it just, holidays. It was, it's, it's always good because the... The World Cup always falls during school holidays, so it only happens once every yeah. four years. But usually, actually, you get Euro. So usually, Euro once every two years. I've got some sort of soccer to watch, and I'm a night owl man. I stay up and watch and watch well, and watch. And I was. I get the ear bashing from my wife, you know, about staying up late and sleeping patterns and yada yada yada. Yeah, but, but love it, man. That was such a good game last night. Like we're, we're a rugby league podcast. I know Zippo about soccer. But what I do know is that I just thoroughly enjoyed that game. Um, it was four two. There were goals everywhere. And Russia, who would have thought Russia could put a such a good World Cup on? Well, I was happy because one of my mates, Joel, <laughs> who's a pretty decent soccer player and he knows a bit about it. I messaged him before I went to bed. I had to work at 4am, so I was yep. up. But I said, I'm going to miss it. Just give me a betting tip. Cause yeah, I've got a story as well, okay? I said, you've, you been pre- first. you've been pretty good, so just give me something. And he was like, well, France are going to win easily. And I was like, okay. I'll take that, but give me a goal score. And he said, there's no doubt in my mind that Croatia cannot handle France and Griezmann's going to get a penalty. I said, I like that, but I'm looking at Mbappe. And he said, well, Mbappe is good, but he may not get a chance, just depending on how things pan out. Well, he, he didn't. He thinks he'll carve them up through the middle and they'll just throw balls in there. And he, he was right. Griezmann got a penalty. Yeah. But I did wake up to see Mbappe, Mbappe didn't score. Mbappe absolutely piled one. Yeah. Like, so had zero, not a lot of opportunities. but He, he won, won me 150. Me. So I messaged him today I and had, said thank um, you. I thought both teams would score. Um, and I had over two and a half goals. So I had that at half time. So, Ladbrokes, God bless him, paid well, me out at half time. My mate Joel wasn't lying. He said France are a shoe in. Croatia have no hope. That back's not going to hold up, and Griezmann will definitely get a chance to get a penalty because they're just going to crumble. And he said, Dan anyway, Lovren is an absolute pedestrian, and yeah. he being we've, that's too much. Yeah, well, too still. much. Stop. All right, we've get, we've done two minutes on the World Cup. That's it. Well, if I fizzle out, I apologise. Loved it because it's now. No, you need a lift. It's now eight thirty. Well, let's go short and sharp, mate. Let's just well, get this. We try to go short and sharp, but I like giving in depth. It's good for the team. That's what we do. Let's go. We'll turn things around here. Set of six. First uh, cab off the rank that I've got here in, I think, uh, I've already fizzled out. My 
set of six tackle one is South Sydney and the Storm just crushing the origin period. Souths have gone through it undefeated, as have the Melbourne Storm in particular. Souths, I think, have been able to handle it well because their halves have been there. Their forward packs generally stayed intact, having the three Burgesses in such good form. Johnston, etc., some of the players that have come in. And I think Seabold, for a rookie coach, has just handled it so well and he's given them a rest in between it. Yeah, I thought he may have rested him again on the weekend. I don't know if that's a mistake or not, but clearly they felt they were good enough you know, to play through that. On the Storm side of things, you know, they've had a couple of games that were iffy. They, I think they were lucky again on the weekend. Well, lucky two, two 50-50 games they've won. Lucky the in the weeks. Roosters game. Uh, the Dragons won, certainly not. Well, they blew That's them away. Three. But you've only got to look at it in well, the sense Well, the Dragons of, game was a 50-50 up until the There's no 50-50 when you blow them out by four tries. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, that's no. on the Dragons to finish the job and they Get didn't. But. but what I'm saying is that none of them were a cakewalk for the Storm. No, nah, but more importantly, six from six during Origin, they rested five guys the other night, uh, rightly or wrongly. In the circumstances, it well, turned out to be a win. because they got the result and they've rested them. Well, There's the, a bigger picture to this. The first try was a forward pass. The penalty that they were Do you were reckon win- it was that far forward? No. I thought I've seen plenty worse, but I think the the whinging about the penalty goal, Hodkinson hit his head or not, he's there that in was the vicinity. Right he stuck his that hand up. That was the right call. He was it's trying to get be, the foot. It can't be accidental offside. But you try to get when the foot. You, no, like, hear me out. You can't be accidental offside when you are... You've put yourself within the vicinity of the ball. And he went like that. Oh, I could hit him in the head, but Doesn't his arms went up for it. So. He's in He's in that vicinity because he chose to be in that vicinity. Yeah. Oh, accidental offside is when someone shells it into your back or yeah. for a kick or something you, like yeah. that. So, but, yeah, um, look, I, I think Melbourne, having Cameron Smith there has paid huge dividends, huge dividends for the fact that uh, he's just been able to, you know, I don't think you could, you could pin one game down and say he's won them one individual game, but he's no. definitely had a huge influence over in that period at training. Just a calming influence. Those young players come in, look around, they go, Cameron Smith's there. You know, whether it counts for 1%, 10%, who knows, but it definitely has an effect. South, I think South's been fortunate in two um, areas in particular. One is that they've got a lot of international players that are not Australian. So therefore, uh, you know, they only had that, well, they obviously had the trip to uh, Denver to contend with, but they managed that well. I think Anthony Seabold rested them early in the origin period, which was fantastic. The other element is, I think, they haven't had a lot of injuries. No, well, they've got two. I looked today, G.I. and Kenner. And Kenner's been... And Kenner's a 50-50 player. So really, they've got G.I. out of their top 17, only G.I.'s injured. Hmm. And this isn't going to hurt G.I. He'll be out for a month or so, and then he'll come back, and it'll probably freshen him up. Yeah. To be fair. So South look uh, fantastic. Melbourne... Their top four spot, though, you'd say was never in doubt. For Melbourne, though, in particular, this period well, has been they're, awesome. they're equal top. Jesse Bromwich has missed a large amount of football. Dale Finucane has barely played... Uh, you've missed five and six into Origin. They've contributed heavier than any other club besides the Dragons, and they've found their way into the top four. They beat the Roosters and the Dragons in front of them, rightly or wrongly, during the Origin period, and won the other night with Penrith getting knocked off by the Sharks, also being helpful to their cause. They've literally got themselves nicely parked in the top four. Yeah. So depending on results moving forward now, if you're Melbourne and you're Craig Bellamy, you probably didn't expect this. But you'd want to finish top four, I think, now, now they given the way things now have panned out. So, All right, next tackle. Tackle two, uh, we've got here Tigers and Canberra. They're still on life support, in my opinion, and I still don't see either of them getting in. But no, I don't think so either. the result from the Broncos, uh, obviously going down, and both of them getting wins keeps them alive. I think, but one one of them was always going to lose. I don't know. I think we're going to be talking about this week to week, and you know, I there's going to be weeks where we go, they're dead, they're alive. They're, let's just. I think the next month is really going to play it out. I think uh, Canberra have got three or four away games coming up in a row. They finished with a good run, but. 
I, well, I don't know. I think it might Canberra, be a little bit of... Canberra don't a finish bit with a good of, run. They play 16 no, from I mean, the top a, eight. a good run in the fact that they're at home. So I think three out of their last four games are at home. I think their next three are all away from home, yeah. which is going to be difficult. But six of those but games. But look, they're going to have to win probably six or seven and they're relying on other results. If, so they've got, the, they've got the gun to the head. So If they get in, though, they've earned it, but I don't think they will because no, they've I got to play so six But again, teams. I don't want to talk about it every week. I think no. we, I feel as though we've spoken about it every week for the last month. So well, the Tigers... Let's just let it pan out, see where it goes. I think... They've just scraped in to beat the Bulldogs, and then they've they've bashed up on the Cowboys late. I think it's a bit of fake form. The Cowboys have mailed it mailed it in for the last, uh, well, for the majority of the season, really. Uh, they're a shell of what they were. So to beat the Bulldogs, to beat the Cowboys, they've struggled. Well, they didn't struggle on the weekend. They scored three or four late tries, but yeah, that game was in the, that game was in the balance with twenty to go. Uh, and the week before, they've got, they've had a miracle to get out of uh, trouble against the Bulldogs, both who are clearly. Not teams in the top eight. So let's see how they fare over the next month. If they win three or four in a row, then let's start talking about it. The Tigers, again, I I think it's more what the Dragons did yesterday than what the Tigers did. They were paddling at the end of that game and a better side or, or a Dragon side that hadn't been fatigued, that didn't make as many errors, that had a little bit more composure would have came over the top of the Tigers yesterday, I feel. So I can't see either of them getting there either, my friend. I think we're no. talking about the top eight. But in the top eight, and I said this to you, we had a, a family do yesterday, I think there's seven teams in the eight who I think can win it, and Brisbane are the only one I don't think can win it. But then again, I thoroughly think they deserve to be in the eight because they've been far better than anyone else well, below they've won them. seven so, games and again, six. So if, they've... They, if a halfback comes out of the clouds for Brisbane, you know, I really think they could win it. I think they're a halfback away from winning a grand final, Brisbane. They're a half back away from being a top four side, yep. but yeah, yep. I don't stick see Ben Hunt in there in good form, and they're a premiership, definitely top four chance. Yeah, we tackle three, uh, the bunker and the refs over the weekend. There was a few things that obviously went awry. Sean O'Sullivan's debut try last night, one he definitely won't forget, rightly or wrongly. He uh, got up shaking his head. Yeah, I know. He got literally... up shaking his head when the decision came up. Like they were laughing, the Roosters were laughing that mm-hmm. that was given a try because no one else in the a rugby league um, world. Thought that was a try apart from those clowns in the bunker. How, how do they come up with that decision? I'm a Titans fan. Titans did not deserve, deserve to win that game last night. They were. Well, they got screwed twice. They man. fumbled and bumbled and fucked around. Like it's a game they, they even, even with those decisions, they could have easily won. Yeah, I still. They were their own worst enemy in a lot of areas. So by no means am I defending the Titans here. Don't, you know, pretend that it was against anyone else. I'm not talking from a Titans perspective because I think they deserve to lose that game. I'm not defending them at all. But yeah, and the, the forward pass was went a metre forward, like it was blatantly forward. That doesn't excuse the Titans for the soft effort oh, shit, in defence, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the one from Sean O'Sullivan, I, I've got no idea. How they no go. idea. Yeah, no one, no has idea. idea. No one has an idea. The, and the second person I want to punt on the microscope is Trent Robinson for coming out and saying that he thought it was a try. Yeah, and Paul Ken always says this on 360 and – you know, we're not going to go off another tangent, but he said, oh, I can't wait for the day where a coach goes into the press conference and says, geez, we got a lucky call today. Yeah. Because it never happens. Well, I said they want to go in there and kick and scream about when they, the calls go against them. I've said about Flanagan multiple times has brought bits and pieces up when they've gone his way, and obviously one was the seven tackle thing, I think, that happened, and then not long after, Cowboys got it in that finals game the other year, and I thought, well, you know, things always end up balancing out somewhere, but they always like to uh, cry poor for themselves. But, but you know, and they're, and they're talking about Given the bunker power to rule on forward passes, like fuck me, they can't even get can't the, the get ones right, right that, that they're already allowed to rule on. Look, and and look for me, I'm a massive proponent of allowing to, them to rule on the absolute howler, 
But then you look at decisions like that last night and you go, well, what confidence can I have in that they're going to be able to rule and pick up the howler? No. And then I think not even just bunker. I think referee decisions over the weekend, they had a pretty bad weekend. I think Curtis Scott's one, white fractional was forward, I thought, in the... That's on the touchy. I think the only person there who could have made a correct call on that was a touchy. I thought he passed it just before the line. I thought Vonavalu caught it just on the line. I've seen a hell of a lot worse than that. Oh, there's been worse, but I'm still saying, like, you know... But there's more than that. The Tigers tried a cheek hand when Benji threw that face ball. I that have no idea how that was forward. No. The the Hunt Vaughn one on replay I thought was flat, but when they put like I've this and then I watched the Dogs game on replay today. Uh sorry, the Can- Canberra game because I hadn't seen it. And there was like multiple forward passes in a row of Hodgson that just got let go in the ruck. I'm like, I don't I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to pick either. it. That know. when when it was a try and one was dead set like just a pass from Benji that was fine. And then we just let three or four go on the ruck that are blatantly forward. Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty ordinary weekend. We don't like the ref bash or bunker bash, but last night they had an absolute Barry Crocker. But in the weekend in general, uh, there were some pretty piss poor decisions. And yeah, they're gonna they're gonna the McCulloch Sarte thing as well from the refs and their decision on that and the bunker. I thought was ordinary. I don't know how Chris Sarte gets sent off. Oh, sorry, Sinbin died. I think every, almost every forward when they carry puts their bumper or lifts their arm. Did I think he did it blatantly? No, I didn't like think he extended or went out of the realms of normality. To I think try he lifted his elbow, but every Jared Hargraves would get sipped in every single yeah, game if you wanted to get reason, people from lifting their forearms. And I love Jared. But the reason why that was highlighted was because McCulloch threw punches. Well, what I don't get today. But how is that any different today, to what he gets Curtis Scott did? I know he didn't bust his face up, but he hit him three times. He's lucky Sarte didn't start swinging, and Sarte mm. still ended up getting a great. Like he got off with a guilty plea, but like I'm looking at I'm it confused, going, man. Well, every I, every I week know. I see people use a bumper. And you could pin a thousand of those. I didn't agree when Sam got done earlier in the year, but I just I'm confused on that. Like the standard for that is. Well, then Sam Burgess comes out and says on he's fine with it. He says no. Well, he said oh, I think he's he should have been fine. Should have been suspended. Well, should have been it's ridiculous. It's but he cried poor and said that, that Morris milked it earlier in the year. Like I'm know. I'm lost. I'm lost as well. But how McCulloch gets to chin him three times and just quietly he needs to take some fighting lessons. They're the most limp wristed punches I've ever seen. Yeah, but how is that any different to what Curtis Scott did? Well I'm getting everyone's the same thing. bitching and complaining he hit him about three what times. Curtis Scott did. I don't know how I don't know how Sato ends up the bin. I didn't oh, think I it was that understand. bad. I think they had plenty of them in every single game. And the fact that they both got Well the 10. question is, right, is that if he lifts the old well he puts his bumper up and he gets him whatever and McCulloch doesn't throw punches. Does Sarte still go to the no. sin bin? There you go. That's Let's what I'm getting on. at. Yeah. So, move I'm, on. Just, I'm confused by the refs this weekend. Uh, one that you brought up, Origin, resting or playing your players, tackle four. What do you think is the right option, obviously? Well, I think resting. I think resting. All right. I think it's circumstantial, though. If you've got a player like Peachy, who Penrith didn't play, he played 15 minutes. Right. So who, no who outside of Peachy only played 15 minutes? Well, Andrew McCulloch played. Vaughan played what? outstanding on the weekend. He only played 25, yep. rightly or wrongly. Yeah, yeah, but for him... It's different because he's he's backing up on a Sunday, a yeah. late Sunday, right? For the hardest. So of I Paris. threw up some I threw up some things on Twitter yesterday. One idea I had was that following the Wednesday State of Origins, that we have a Super Sunday where all games are played on Sunday, so it allows everyone a four day turnaround. Now, teams have got to deal with multiple five day turnarounds. I know they've tried to minimise them with the scheduling this year. I think teams have only got a handful, if that. But I don't understand why we can't just have every game on a Sunday post the two origins, similar to what the NFL does on a on a Sunday. They they play, you know, they've got thirty two teams. They play at least twelve of their games in that two time slot period on a Sunday. Mm. And it doesn't affect their competition or their viewership. I think we need to move away from this bullshit about we're always worried about the T V networks and I understand that they pay big money, 
and the advertisers pay big money. But if we're going to get out there and we're going to talk about player welfare and that's the number one thing, the number one issue, I think for two weeks of the year, fans can suck it up. But I've also got an issue with this because I'm one of the ones, particularly while we've been in this show, I love seeing debutants and origin is a time for clubs to play players. And I think if you don't give this kind of little bit of a down period, I don't want it to drain the competition, but I think it's a lot better this year than it has been in previous years. If I were coach, I right? still want to see kids come in and get their opportunity to play. Because otherwise... If I were coach, I'd, and, and I'm worried about any of those players, 1%, I would rest them. Even if it was a four-day turnaround, I would rest them. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. But I think people would still be rested not, regardless I, I of think your the, idea. The, the period, we either shut the competition down or we're going to have to look yeah, at a scenario. So, well, that, that's what again, I'm saying. you're but, taking away from the kids getting their right, opportunity. I get that. But grade. what I'm saying is they're, they're trying to be half pregnant here. They're trying to say that, you know, player welfare and yada, 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 and et cetera, et cetera. We'll either shut the comp down and, and eliminate it as an issue. Eliminate player welfare and eliminate burnout and short turnarounds. Or we've got to look at ways to make the scheduling better than what it is at the moment. And I think this year the scheduling has been better than what it has been in the past. But well, like I said, after this year, I've, I've been I to me, it's much better. It's much better, yeah. But I, for me, I just look at it and go, well, it's a, it's a huge advantage for, say, the Dragons to play late Sunday to what it is for someone uh, to play, you know, Penrith Cronulla, for example, to play 6 o'clock on Friday. It's a massive advantage for yeah. the Dragons. So from that perspective, I think there is a huge well, That's the problem with the discrepancy. fixed schedule, though, because if you would have looked at it otherwise, you would have said, okay, well... But that's why I just play them all in the one day. That's my Newcastle point. Newcastle Eels have no rep players. They would have had an Well, why can't they game. flex it? Why that's can't they I mean. have it so flexed? So fixed scheduling is also an issue, which is what you could have fixed that problem. Canberra only had one player for Parley, played half a game. Is it fair? No, but but just you know, say to the TV situation. Network, those two rounds, you don't get a you don't get a choice. Hmm. They will be decided based on who has less origin players. The team who is most affected will play later. The teams who are least affected will play earlier. And you're never going to get to a stage where you know we we're just lucky. I think that we had Parramatta Newcastle. Yeah. How many how many players were affected in that game well, in no, Origin? They didn't no. have any Origin players. But no. you look at it. Either the, team. the Roosters had the longest break of everyone. They still rested all their players. So yeah. regardless of whether you put it on Sunday. They felt that they wanted to rest everyone coming out of the series. So I don't think, no matter what you do, but the way everyone bringing up shutting down this and that, if you do that, you never get these kids in. They don't get to debutize. You don't see Caleb Akins make 300 metres on debut the other night. You don't see Jerome Luai. They have to wait for an injury, and it's harder to get a crack. And I think this period is where people emerge and sometimes take people's spots middle of the season. Or yeah, but I've got to be honest. all moments for teams when they debut players. So I, I like this time I don't of year. care much for this period. I do. I get, I, like I, get, I get disengaged during this period. Oh, I just keep watching. Love mate. Origin, but the the competition games. Like, well, anyone can beat anyone because no, there's no equality across the competition. Well, I think it's a lot better this year than it has been. I, def- so, I just said that. This I moving that. forward, I think. But I think a, we're a still going to be looking at ways to get it better. This has gone from an eight nine week period down to five or six, and everyone basically was affected maybe for one week maximum during the comp without their Origin players properly. They had the option to back up for the other game, but yeah. I think the way they did it this well, year is much two, better. It's two weeks. Tackle five, uh, Jack Whiten. He was handed six games by the Canberra Raiders. The NRL has obviously came in over the top and given him a 10-game ban. They've approached things a little bit differently uh, than they usually have in the past. And to be honest, I can't really blame the Raiders because in the past, they've done the right thing and the NRL's fucked up by letting players like Josh Dugan, Todd Carney and all these guys come back in and other teams have benefited from it. So this time, they've watched their own back. Looked at it and said, you know, he's pleaded guilty. They missed him. We've given it like the ban thing, I get. But when they were talking about firing him, uh, I can understand why this time they've kind of said to them, oh, we're going to do the rehab and do everything on our own. Because in the past, we've done the right thing uh, and we've been burned by you. And I don't like the fact they've come in over the top. I don't know why they couldn't have communicated before this came out. 
and agreed on amount of games. I think it's a poor look when uh, you've well, got the club they, and the competition. Yeah, they've said give him between six and ten weeks. Raiders can't give him six, and then they come over the top. Well, it should just be, listen, there should be a private phone call made, should CEO be. and CEO, hey, mate, I've seen the video, you've seen the video, what do you think? Yep. I think seven. He says nine. Right, are we meet in the middle? Eight. And done. No one hears about it. No one knows the NRL's been involved. No one How knows. How hard is it? And Canberra look like they've done what you know. Poor old right Canberra. Like, I, look, I get it. Jack White and he's got a – no one's seen the footage. I don't really want to see the footage. I don't no, care. I I'm trust, not defending what happened. I trust whoever you know are in positions of power to make those decisions. They're, that's why they're in those positions. Um, that, that only just adds to gossip and innuendo and you know things on social media. But I just think this, could, this whole discussion could have been avoided. Well, it could have been, but it's, I just don't understand how the NRL, with their band, couldn't have called them and said, all right, so what you're thinking shorter? We think longer. We want him out for the rest of the season, so we're going to go over your head. I, so I think the NRL should have just said, it's this. You either announce it that way or we'll embarrass you like they did, but they didn't even do that. They let them have first crack, then they've came in a couple of days later. Like, seriously, you can't call them and make it seem as though you weren't yep. involved in the process. You would have rather them come out and say, oh, yeah, we're happy with that, even if they did do it behind closed doors. I don't know what it is. Campbell I don't know whether it's... You but know, I, power I, move by the I will, NRL. I will defend Canberra, though, like I said before, in the fact that in the past, the NRL's fucked up by pulling the rug out from under them when they've done the right thing hmm. with poor player behaviour. This time, I'm not saying it's minor or I haven't seen the vision, or rightly or wrongly, but this time they've said, no, we're going to, first you know, first defence, we're going to try and rehab him, do the right thing by the player, do things in-house, because in the past you've let us down when we've taken strong action and other clubs have benefited from it. So I can see where they're coming from, but... I don't know why they couldn't have communicated on the band a bit better. Yeah. I don't get that. Uh, Freddie and Lockyer, uh, Sterlo, all having a chat about the Wally Lewis medal. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we talked about last week. I've heard other people also over the weekend give their opinion, and I heard Triple M Sunday when I was driving to train tonight. I listened, and Paul Kent and Gordy used that voting system, and somehow they came up with Billy Slater still. I have no idea how the fuck Billy Slater wins it, even on that point system. If mm. me, you, right now, did 4 3 2 1 for all three games, I'm pretty sure. Billy Slater wouldn't end up winning that award, even if we tallied our points together. Yeah. I... Tedesco to me, like I said, and it's it's moments in games. And they're going on about Billy's influence. Well, like Freddie said, in game two, Billy was awesome in the first 30 or so minutes. I thought the second half he had minimal effect. In the last 10 minutes when we were down a player, he didn't win the game for him. No. And in the last game, Valentine Holmes took two crucial intercepts Clutch goal kicking, good yardage work, gag like. Yeah, and Cherry I, Evans I, I as well. certainly like, didn't um, think. I thought Billy Slater he was, was clearly was the best player in game two for Austin, Queensland, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's still. But, but yeah. Ponga, Ponga as well. Um, but then the other, he, the other thing is right. I, I'll throw this at you, and I was talking to my wife and I were talking about it last night because we were watching the footy show, and that discussion came up, right? And for me, in game two. Billy Slater would have had to have gotten three points from every judge. Exactly, but that's so they're saying. So like, for oh, me, is it in... like is it like fix that he the the team who loses the game this their the best problem, player though. gets the three points? This is what Kenny was saying today. Like they think about it like it's got to be four and three is best. So that's bullshit. I, I did it the other day but on my own. I just picked the best players. Hmm. So game one for me it was for for New South Wales. Tedesco got the four. Cook got the three. I think I gave G.I. the two, and then I gave the one to another New South Wales player because G.I. was exceptional. Game two, I think I came up with Cordner like everybody because he just did so much grubby and dirty yardage work. I can't remember my three. But, but I think it, also I, mean, it also means that he would have had to have gotten He got four, 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 three, three, three. He basically would have got 21. 12 in the last game from all of them. 21. We worked it out last time. Yeah. So, and then they're saying But that, to me, I would have thought that Tedesco would have got 12 in game one. 
Cordner would have got twelve exactly. in game two. And how's Tedesco so not how do they not get? Yeah, how does he not score nine in the other? And then two even games? When they're going, oh, well, they all stole points off each other. I'm like, well, I'm I look, get that. I know, get that as well. But I'm looking at game two. Even James Tedesco, safe as houses, made what the try saving tackle, tackle yeah, and he set up the short side try where he got the one on one for Latrell. He had the two crucial moments. He got us the try by summing up the numbers. He saved our ass at the back end of the game and all night in those shit conditions. Even in game three, scored a good try, Again. did a lot of good things. And he pushed us around the field. Yeah, yeah. he did throw the pick. But how he doesn't get nine game votes. Game two, I don't understand. Yeah, how he doesn't get nine votes across two games from three judges has me dumbfounded. But even Cook, I thought Cook was better in the series. And I, like I said, I am a Melbourne man. I love Billy Slater, but there's no way Billy Slater was even Queensland's best in the last game. Mm-hmm. I thought Cherry Evans and Holmes, and Holmes in particular over the whole series. Holmes was fucking massive for Queensland. Mm. Dane Gagai was massive again, and he's he's been awesome since he's been in the Origin Arena. Look, I think, uh, look, to sum it up. The voting's wrong. I think the voting system rewards the best player in the worst team. But you shouldn't. It shouldn't be because New South Wales. New South Wales' greatest is the loser gets through. That well, shouldn't happen. New South Wales' greatest strength was the team. consistency across the team. So, team. and again, it, to me, it's not a, who gives a shit about the individual award. But, no, but you know, I, yeah, it I went to the wrong go, person. Well, it went to the wrong person. Yeah, yeah agree. And that's my my issue here. And they're all going, oh, we're, we're short of time at the end of the game. Right, right, mass wank fest. It's not that hard, right? After two games, they're saying, oh, we have to put in. Put your men in the matches in because you got those right. Tedesco got one and Cordner got one. Yeah. How come after game two you can't sit down, talk about like Sterlo was saying, these are our contenders heading into game three. So if Billy's only played one game, well, there's no way Billy's going to win the award. And after game three, you've got the five minutes you're talking about. You said, well, we said before this game that Cook, Tedesco, Cordner, whatever, and if it was Holmes were the players. Well, at the end of game three, that last five minutes, who played well tonight? Teddy was pretty good again. Holmes was good again. Rah, rah, rah. Cook was good again, but New South Wales won the series. Tedesco's first two games, game one was fucking unbelievable. Game two, the try saver, set up the try, safe as houses. Tedesco wins the award. I was there's say, still no way that Billy comes into my mind to me. win As simple as this, that you go, you've, you've got Cordner and Tedesco. They won man of the match in game one, game two. Was Tedesco good in game two? Yes. yes. Was Cordner good in game one? Yes. Right? Who was cool. the who was the player outside of those that was okay? I would say Tom Trebojevic and Jake. Cook. Jake, whoever you Even want to Jake's have. series is better. Like I'm... And then I'd throw uh, Billy Slater and Caelan Ponger into that discussion at the bottom end of that. But points. Points is what fucked this. The voting system fucked yeah. it. It should have been a discussion. And the strength of New South Wales across the board. But let's move on. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like take the points out of it. If they come to those guys as the man of the match, which they did. For me, for me, you're right. Before, and this this is in my head, and I've watched a lot of footy, but again, I'm not the fucking oracle. I have no idea how any player outside of Tedesco and Boy Corden was considered for that award at Cook, the end of... Cook, come on. But hang on. Between, between game, the end of game two and the end of game three in that period of time, I have no idea how anyone outside of Boy Corden and James Tedesco was considered for the medal. That's me. Well, I still think Daniel Cook was in there. As no, well. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. He didn't have a a standout game, and game one, he, didn't he didn't have, have a standout game. Well, he, what my point is Cross. is that Tedesco was better than him in game one. I got no argument there. So that's but my point. Series, so he doesn't win the fucking medal. Daniel Cook does not win the medal. It's either the man of the match from game one, the man of the match from game two, because we've just agreed that they both had good games in the game where they did not win man of the match. So how does series, anyone go past them? Series, though. Yeah, get that. So you're saying you're basically saying that they're in the top three players in two games. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I still don't know. Even on the point system, though, I'm, I, don't, I didn't have Billy getting man of the match in game the last game. I'll say it again. For me, the only um, two people that should have been considered for that medal were Cordner and Tedesco. Yeah. But again, that's me. Crazy. Well, that's our set of six. Moving on to our power rankings brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. Do you know what hurts more than your team going down in a nail biter? It's getting slapped with a huge electricity bill then biting your nails trying to pay it. Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at Penrith Solar Centre are dedicated to providing with all the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the big winners. Get onto their website, www.penrithsolar.com.au or their Facebook page. The phone number, 1800 20 Penrith Solar Centre. Jake and the boys there will take care of you. Well, power rankings for me, I didn't do a lot of change because I was waiting for post-origin period, to be honest. So number one for me, and it's very easy, is South. South yep. is still there. South. Uh, number two, I left St. George for now. Uh, again, I thought they were pretty flat and lucky to win against the Eels. The Melbourne game, I didn't really look at because they didn't have any players. The weekend, I, I'm surprised he didn't rest anybody. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to judge things from here moving forward. So I left. No, I've, I've jumped the storm up. All right, and I've got the Dragons at three. I left Penrith at three. Same deal. Had their halves out, so I'm not reading much into that game. They're going to get Mansour back and a couple others this week, Peachy, the halves, etc. So I've left them still stable at three for now. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do now? Four. Well, who was your three? Uh, three, I've got the Dragons. Yeah. All Four, right. I've got the Roosters. Four, I've got the Storm. Uh, impressive during this period, but again, it's been origin affected. Everyone's going to be back this week. Bromwich is back on board. Fanuke can hopefully back as well. So from now on, it's going to be me moving through things properly now that the comp's the way it is. Yeah, number five, I've got the Panthers. I've got the Roosters at five. Um, slowly impressing me, but again. Well, again, I can't I can't have the Roost, uh, Panthers above the Roosters because I saw the Roosters just beat the shit out of the Panthers, what, three weeks ago. So. Yep, that's fine. Number six. Uh, the Sharkies. I've got the Sharks there steadily, uh, steady as well, and they're still getting players back. Number seven. Oh, the Warriors. Yep. Warriors, well, no rocket science. They beat up yep. on the Broncos in the and weekend. And the Broncos at eight. Afoa, Marmola, uh, Harris still to come back. And the Broncos, still no halfback. Great young forward pack. And Jaden Sewell broke his ankle on the weekend, which is not going to help their cause either. So that definitely doesn't help things too much there for the Broncos. But uh, you can see some changes in the next few weeks. I think now that we've got things back to steady, uh, steady, I'll definitely be making some changes. But we'll jump into our game reviews from the weekend. Brought to you by the Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supply with their main office at Penrith and another one out there at Castle Hill. They have two huge warehouses and they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products not only in the region but throughout the state. But there's a lot more to the Boltmaster than just fasteners. You'll also find a range of industrial and engineering products Abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. The P Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all industry segments. So if you're a tradesman like myself, you can sort out all your gear with the Boltmaster. Talk to Woz and the boys there, www.nepbolt.com.au. First game from the weekend, Sharks, Panthers, and uh, I quite enjoyed this one on Friday night, and I thought Penrith came out the stronger. To start the game, the first 25, they got him up through the middle a few times. Tamiya and Merrin in particular started very, very strongly, but I don't think there's any surprise the way the Sharks won this one. It was typical Sharks fashion. They grounded out. They did the little things right. Um, I think Moylan against his old club, as most people do, have a big game. He had a big game the other night, and I also think just time. Now playing in the front line, I still think he's got a, a way to go, but he's getting more comfortable He's building some combinations. And I also said it earlier in the year, when Wade Graham's there, it helps him out massively on that left edge because Wade Graham takes pressure off also being a ball player, also having a kick option. It kind of frees him up to run a little bit more, I think. But um, their forward pack as a collective, 
the way they played, him in particular, and also Val Holmes, massive game backing up from Origin. Penrith, very brave though. Very brave for that young side. I read a lot the other night with Penrith fans blowing up. Reckon they got duped by the ref and there were some poor decisions. They were filthy apparently, but from what I saw of the game, I thought they were in it. I, I didn't. Really... It was down to more their execution. Yeah, I just uh, thought than, the youth showed a little bit more this week. Calls. But yeah. yeah, exactly right. Lou and I that was, was always going to yeah. be the challenge because they had a, well, the Sharks had a week to look at them on video. You know, those players had to back up for Penrith. Um, I still thought they were good. Yeah, I same. thought they oh, great. had their chances to win. Um, so, yeah, I, I lost, uh, you know, no respect. And nah. for the Panthers, I probably just gained a little bit from for Cronulla, to be fair. I think Cronulla probably yeah. jumped up a step for me in terms of being a contender this year. And you're still waiting for Lewis to come back in. Graham's barely played this year. Like They're, they're slowly building nicely. Things are pulling together. I just think they're, they're a real tough football side, like I say, all the time. So... On their day, I think they could beat anyone because they can just drag into a shit fight. But Holmes in particular now at one for me, uh, that's his position. When Dugan comes back, he has to play centre. Yep. He has to play in the centres. And I know Ramian was out the other night, but if him and Dugan are in the centres together, um, you're like, I think they've got a few things they're going to have to still work out to fit everybody in. And I think Seguiara, honestly, at the po- this point in time, which is good for the Sharks, is paying, playing better than Braley, which is he's starting to take lion's share of the minute. So if their forward pack's going forward... Woods does a solid job like he did the other night and just plays his role. Their pack's got better. They've got players to come back. They've got a couple of OBs to come back. The Sharks are going to get better. And Absolutely. Penrith, yeah. you can't lose any respect for Penrith because I thought Luai played very well again. If Crichton doesn't drop that ball, then Edric Lee gets back and covers up. Who knows what happens? But the Sharks just find a way. Kikau was absolutely awesome. If he doesn't stay in the back row once everyone's back on deck, I think Anthony Griffin should just jump out the coach's box. He has to play back row. He's just too much of a weapon to be given limited time off the bench. Um, no, he's got to start. You know, Aitken's on debut to run 300 metres and have as many touches of football. He had an absolute blinder for a 20-year-old kid. And it's six debutant of the year, and not just a debutant in there for the sake of being in there. They're all up to NRL standard. And we've said it a million times, that top 30 for Penrith is stacked. Yep. Absolutely stacked. I agree. But, um, yeah, just got away from him. Luai good again. Some of the kids there. But it's a lesson learned, and they're going to get players <clears> back. Get the halves back this week. Get Peachy back in. Mansour's close to a return. Things are only going to be on the up for Penrith in the back end of this season. Yep, move so, on. Move Do we on have to talk me. about this next game? Freaking hell. Oh, we can, but very simply. 18-16, oh. Newcastle over the Eels. And I'll take this with a grain of salt and don't blow us out of proportion like some people do. If Mitchell Pearce is not out for 12 weeks, I think they're in the hunt for the, the top eight spot. They are. No because there's some games they barely lost and the difference was composure and his control. The other night they completed at 90. He kicked absolutely outstanding. He defended with no issues considering the peck, and he set up and scored a try. He was great. Safidi came back, they were great. That was the main difference, composure and discipline. On the flip side of it, Parramatta, 60% completions, absolutely should be berated. Their self-control and ill-discipline is absolutely disgusting. They have no respect for the football. They give shit yardage penalties away. Like they, they deserve to be where they are this year. They've been just poor. They're all for to watch. Well, they're there because they've put themselves there, and the, this game was a classic example. That they just, came out oh. on fire. They ran all over Newcastle. They look, it looked like it could be fifty nil, and then they just went back into doing the things that Parramatta do, and that's penalties drop and the ball and, and give away free yardage penalties to their opposition to come out of their own end. And look, for the last 15 minutes, I was just waiting for Parramatta to score a winning try. And they had multiple opportunities right down to that last one with Bevan French. And they shit the bed. That's it. Yep. Newcastle, fantastic. Deserved the win. They were at home. They were gritty. 
were they the better team? I don't think so. I think Parramatta probably were the better well, team. Well, smarter, more disciplined team. Uh, they won Newcastle the game, were, so. yep, the tougher, grittier. Yep, better team. Well, not better team, I don't think. But well, they yeah, they won. They, so they, the they won. Team. 90%. Um, they did the job. You don't Parramatta, deserve to win a game if you complete yeah, the 60. Yeah, but I think my point is, is that Parramatta lost that game more than Newcastle won it, but Newcastle stuck around and You could say that about all their games this year, they'd be in the top four, but they're not. Yeah. The discipline is shit. They are yeah, I'm not arguing on that point. It's a game that Parramatta should have won. Pierce was great on return, though. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Safidi, great on return. SES, he had a strong game as well. For that, for the Eels, Alvaro, well, I don't rate him too much like as a starting prop or an impactful prop. You can't question the work he gets through. The one player that gives me the shits, though, and I'll bring this up in the right context, it's just very convenient for me, again, that Jared Hayne starts to play good football the last three or four Yeah, weeks. he played well. And he's talking, and I'm trying to lead the boys in that cow after the Cowboys game. It's very convenient that when his contract's up, that he now decides to start playing some football. And I think it's a question of early in the year, forget the injuries and anything else, and the Titan stuff. It's not a question of what he can and can't do. But we're going, oh, I wonder if he still has it. He has plenty of talent. Lose speed or not, you don't lose that ability. You don't lose the offload, the power, and all that. He has the full kit bag. My problem is he picks and chooses when he plays rugby league, and I have no hesitation in saying that. He chooses when he wants to play and when he doesn't want to play. Yeah, I've said it and it's just very times. convenient. Let's not go down that street. It's still very convenient. He was good. He needs to be like that every week is the yeah, point. Well, let's see. But I tell you what, if they end up paying him, I hope it's not much because it's just bullshit that he can turn around when he feels like it and these players get contracts. So. Move on. South and the Dogs, 24-6. to six. Another uh, shit game. I thought South just eased their way into it. Uh, obviously, they start off a bit slow the first 20, but in the end, great win. That left edge is just absolutely ridiculous. They're so clinical. But the thing is, they said it all along, they can pull you apart in so many different ways. They can beat you through the middle. Cook jumps out in the back of it. He's got Johnston and Walker constantly lurking around him. That other edge is still developing with Crichton and Reynolds getting better as a combination. Inglis will be back at a sometime soon as well. Uh, what do you say? The three Burgesses and Cook for me in this game just absolutely blew into pieces. Sam and Cook. Uh, in particular, were outstanding. And Cody Walker, forget assist. Everyone's going, oh, Ash Taylor, try assist. Like a try assist from you putting a kick in or throwing the last pass with an overlap, that's fair enough. Try involvements, Cody Walker, I think, has 15, 16 more than any person in the competition. He's got his hands in everything, and he's been outstanding for this, yeah, look, this team. This game looked like a great day in playing with a chihuahua, mm-hmm. really. And they just played, played around, mucked around. They got ahead by enough to relax a little bit, and they... Oh, never in that danger. was almost like resting their players the way that they played. Really, that like they bombed a couple of tries. It could have been fifty to six. Let's be let's be honest. Well, I'm but still South, South have got. They had plenty of gears left in them, but they didn't need to extend themselves. They once they had the two points locked up, they um, put the cue in the rack and on to next week, which was smart. I'm surprised they didn't rest because I looked at it and thought you could play Braden Burns, you could bring in Murray to play nine with McEwick for a bit. You Heimel Hunt played. He's played multiple positions in the back line for him, so I'm surprised he didn't take that option given yeah, who they playing. I think you would have done more damage by resting in that context because the Bulldogs, you know, they've been pretty good over the, the weeks prior. Well, I thought they still showed plenty of effort in the weekend, but they, no, they, were, they, they tried hard. They've stripped out their side. They've got a bunch of kids in, and it's just good experience yep. for them, and that's the way the rest of the year is going to pan out. But uh, I think Hopper Wade, since he's gone back to full out the last few weeks, he's been really, really good for he's them. He's similar to Jared Hayne. Martin, uh, Jackson, Clamo do as they always do. But, yeah, it's a growth experience for those kids. And South move on next week to play the Tigers. Sutton, 300th NRL game. Yeah, and first all. ever for South. South, huge for a foundation club, that's yep. for sure. Storm Manly, 14-13. Uh, I love, love this game. I watched it and I just couldn't believe it, to be honest. Watching the first half, I'm like, Melbourne are going to get beat by 30. And somehow... 
forward pass or not at the back end of the half there. They score that try and they go in there only down by six. And I was more dumbfounded that Manly couldn't bank more points. But just for the, for the platform that's being laid by Fanua Bloke and Tapia, and I sound like a broken record every week bringing those two up, they cannot do any more to give them a base. But they don't do enough with the opportunities they're given. I think Fainu rolled pretty nicely off the back of him. And Cherry Evans had some touches and he was okay as well. But they still struggle inside 20 to capitalise on all the football they had. And they should have done a lot more damage in the first half for me. The second half, they started to make a couple of errors. Melbourne ground their way back into things and found their way into the game. The Croft try where they conceded was just soft. Uh, they're on their line. Nothing was really set there. There was no quick play of the ball. He literally just basically strolled through and scored that one and the penalty at the end, was it unfortunate? Yes. Is it a shit way to probably come away with the win? Yep. But is that the rule? It is the rule. And Manly, like I said, given all their dominance, I, I can't believe they didn't score more points. I really Manly, can't. Manly came out like a fighter trying to knock someone out in the first round, and they didn't knock Melbourne out. No. A lot of teams they would have knocked out, and they would have put 20, 30 points on them. Melbourne, they could not win a ruck in the first half. Mm-hmm. They were just being blown through the middle, but they hang on and they scramble, and they dive on kicks, and they don't give you anything. Uh, they don't give away a lot of penalties. Uh, they were – that's as good of a win as I've seen from Melbourne in a long time. And, you know, do I think Melbourne are the juggernaut they were last season? No, I don't. But it, that's just one that comes back to that buzzword, that culture word. Again, a lot of teams would have just been blown apart by Manly. I, I think that's as close to uh, – Manly's best performance of the season, as as we've probably seen since they blew Parramatta out. I think Manly were excellent in this game. They got a couple they of were. shit calls, but Manly were excellent in this game. And it's just finishing off. If they, if they weren't playing Melbourne, oh, they would have blown. You know, them. I think they would have blown. Apart from South, if it wasn't South, it wasn't Melbourne. I think they would have put Chooks. thirty past. I think they even would have put thirty past the Chooks. Well, probably that's that's probably uh, disrespectful to. The Roosters, because they've got the number one D, don't they? So, yeah, I'll throw the Chooks into that conversation as well. But Anyone you know, outside, anyone the top outside four. of those, yeah, well, even the Dragons, I think they would have blown the, blown the doors off the Dragons, Manly, the other night. Well, the only one, the main thing I took out look of this at again. West, look at what the West Tigers did I, to the Dragons yesterday. You know, I, that was a, yeah, a they, really good they performance. They played their origin players. The, That's the, what I'm the saying. best part about this game is Melbourne rested five players. Yeah, they, yeah no, no I, I, I don't want to talk about Melbourne. I, Melbourne, you know, were fantastic. I think. My takeaway from this was that Manly were great, and in that gives you a, a, it's massive kudos to Melbourne. You know, just in saying that, I think. Well, Smith was pretty clinical. He controlled <laughs> things, did really well. I think Bromwich definitely helped when he got his stint on the field. He led from the front, and Jerome Hughes is just safe as houses at the back. And I'm starting to get the feeling that Riley Jacks, after watching him on the weekend, won't be the seven for the back end of the year. Mm. I don't know if it's Croft and Hughes, but I get the feeling that Hughes may end up getting the seven start. So. <sighs> If they go that way, we're going to be playing a fair bit of footy, which we seem to have looked like we've been trying to do this year. We've made more errors in the comp than anybody. I think we have one of the lowest completion got a rates. Good so. running, good running game. But if we get back Fanuke and, and Bromwich both this week, on top of all the Origin players rested, and he goes with Hughes, mm. they're going to be trying to play some football. That's think, not going to be a steady. Team. I think they need to go with Croft. I don't know which way they go, but at the moment, um, for me, the difference was just a little bit of soft goal on D. They went down that short side. I think it was when Croft scored, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you um, what. That, that was probably the difference in the game, that try. And that was really poor for Manly. But outside of that, they, they did so much good in this game. And they'd be, 
feeling pretty ordinary about coming away with a loss. Of all the back end of deals they're trying to offload, I don't know how Tapau is the one they're trying to, to ditch. Know. Who I, knows? This is another one. Him, like, him and Walker are the ones on the back end of deals. I know Walker would be harder to sell, but I'd be happy. There's to, not a week that goes by where there's not a freaking story coming out of me. Well, this is no story. This is what happened to get these two over. They gave him back end of deals to fit him in at the time, and now it's coming to bite him. Yeah, in the but house, again, it's so. like Tapau looked pissed in that press conference this week. Well, he was because no one spoke to him. And and I, I don't blame him. They're hearing that he's like, being shot again. We're talking about the Canberra NRL thing, like. This is an avoidable, avoidable situation. If Manly just go and have a conversation with him, even if he's not happy about it, at least they've gone to his face, and it's not happening behind his back while he's knowing. If that makes sense, while he knows, it's if you're going to shop someone, you need to talk to him. Plain and simple. That's what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, they have to agree to it. He doesn't have to go anywhere. So, no. so he, he was... pissed him off. If anything, he's going to dig his heels in. Well, he played bloody well on the weekend. He so. played well, I reckon, all season. He has. He's been close to watching one of the best live, front rows in the comp. Um, watching him live against Penrith a couple of weeks ago, he his lateral movement for a big man is unbelievable. Hey, offloads, tackle, break, moto. If you said tomorrow to pick a team of the year, he'd be one of my front rows easily. Mm. He'd be right there. Yeah, he'd be in my 17. Canberra versus the Cowboys. This doesn't need a lot of time. I honestly thought that the first half was basically 20 minutes of each. I thought Canberra had the best of the first 20. They scored a couple of tries, and the Cowboys... Looked like they might have opened up, but they stuck solid. They got stuck into Canberra the last 20 of the first half, and they made a couple of poor errors. And obviously, Thurston come up with a nice little kick there for Cooper. Coop backed up on Tamara Martin when he slid through there. And half time, you're sitting there going, Well, 14 12, I thought Canberra dominated the middle of the field. Papali was outstanding, sees a kick really, really well. But how did they end up in this position? And are they going to go on with it? Are they going to fall apart? And for the second half, they come out. For 20 or so minutes, it was back and forth, and Canberra had plenty of chances inside 20. They couldn't do anything with it. Mm. But the one thing I saw differently, which you never see from Canberra, is control. They controlled. They completed at 90. They kicked well. Season Williams just chipped away. Hodgson chipped in. They had options all over the joint, and that is built pressure. They didn't panic. They didn't do anything stupid, which is very uncharacteristic for the Raiders. And at the back end of the game, with about 15 to go, the Cowboys just unraveled. They made a couple of poor errors that led to some tries. Canberra pulled a couple out there. Rapana off an error. I think Oldfield got one off an error. Uh, Caesar obviously off Williams running through the middle, etc. But at the end of the day, I, I'm, I have to give him a pat on the back. It was a very different performance from Canberra. I don't associate Canberra with 90% completion rate, good kicking game, good control and composure at the back end of the game. Usually they're just trying to blow the doors off here and they end up making stupid errors and end up putting themselves in a hole. But they actually held their shit together this time. And applied pressure to the Cowboys, who ended up falling to pieces. So, yeah, I thought the halves were great. They kicked really well. Papali backing up was absolutely outstanding. Um, the back three, Oldfield, Rapana on return, massive, and Kotrick did a solid job. For the Cowboys, it's really hard. I think Cooper's trying his backside off as he's thirsting. And Tamalola, I'm just watching week by week going, my God, if you're in any one of these other top eight sides forward packs, they would be absolutely just blown away to have you there. But he's doing it all on his own with that forward pack at the moment. He doesn't have much help. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, like you said, game of really two halves. Mm. I just in surprised. Within each half. You I'm know, surprised like Canberra. Canberra composed, though. They, they usually don't do that. And Austin, I have to give yeah, it up to Yeah, I think, again. look, it was 7.30. It was bone cold. Um, and the Cowboys are just mailing it in. I think it's fake form. Canberra were good. Fake form for me. I want to see him Go and beat Cronulla in Cronulla. I'll start believing yeah, not disagreeing with you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then they run into who do they? They run into Melbourne in Melbourne. Well, except like, they're playing six teams in the top yeah. eight in the last seven games. They're not making the finals. I don't care. I don't, I don't think they can. If they do, they're and burned. And then Penrith. If they know, do, you, they're you burned. You've got to go 
Cronulla yeah, got to, play the to Melbourne they got to play to the Roosters and they got to play South. All, all the way in the next three weeks. Yeah. So win those three and, and we'll start talking about yeah. you, Canberra. But even the back end, like I said, they're going to have to beat South, the Roosters and the Storm to get in. Mm. I, I just don't see it. It's too late. They've blown all those games early in the year. It's, I think it's too big of a hurdle to climb. But uh, Austin, I have to give a rap to. Again, I think now that his future's sorted and all the pressure's off, he's playing that football that we wanted to see before. And it's funny how things change when you have expectation and you are one of the more sought-after and targeted players in the league that you game. You don't just lose the ability to play football. It's more the mental side of it. And now that the pressure's off and he's heading to England, the last two weeks he's just played his natural game and he looks more like 2016 Blake Austin, which is sad, really, because you don't want to see him leave in the first place. But that's the difference when you play a high-pressure game at that level. Um, That expectation gets to some people, and obviously it's gotten him over the last year or so with contracts and all this talk. So, yeah, win for them. Warriors Broncos. I don't think this one needs a lot of explanation. The Warriors after Blew the doors off. just absolutely shitting the bed last week and they were disgraceful, came out and did the complete opposite. They just powered over the top of Brisbane. Brisbane were relentlessly blasted through the middle of the field. Parsi has been exceptional this season, but in particular after coming back from his injury the last few weeks, he's been massive. A couple of line breaks yesterday. Just absolutely lit them up. Isaac Luke on the back of that roll on. Roger Tuivasa-Shek, as he always does from the back, his yardage work and his set starts and the halves off that platform, as we know. And Sean Johnson can be so effective when they've got go for it. And Isaiah Papali, to be 20 years old and only been playing footy for two or three years now after being a champion powerlifter, he's going to be an exceptional footballer moving forward. Uh, Carter on his day can be outstanding. He had one of those days yesterday. He can be good and he can have his bad days, but I think it's just playing. They just blew them off the park, especially for the guts of it. Brisbane struggled. They had some errors. They lost Sua off Angau. He limped off at the end. If they lose those two next week and Pangai obviously pulled out, plus the Origin guy has been a bit tired, it's it's going to be hard for them to pull things together. But their forward pack struggled yesterday. I thought off Angau was really the only one who stood up to them. Uh, I thought Milford had a pretty good game, actually, considering he didn't have a good platform. He tried to run plenty against the Warriors. They can get a bit loose around the middle. But, yeah, Brisbane were pretty flat and struggled yesterday. Yeah, they did. They the were uh, blown away. They... They just couldn't handle. No. Nah. Um, they couldn't handle the Warriors through the middle. They played a lot of footy, didn't they? The Warriors passed oh, all around. The dry nah. conditions suit the Warriors. Seven, I think, you know, they're a side that you don't want to play on a dry track. That's for sure. Seven um, one line breaks and 19 offloads to six. They yeah. really enjoyed that free flow off quick play. And I did think, I think the Broncos had their chances. They had lots of possession. But yeah. again, they don't really have a seven, someone there that can just get them over the line. I think Brisbane are really, really good in 80% of the field. They yep. just lack a real orchestrator within that red zone. And that that's the only real hole that I see in their side. And yeah. there's talk today that Sean O'Sullivan's been targeted by the Broncos. So that'll well, be interesting to see how that plays out. And we, we've highlighted that. So Yeah. They yeah. need to, Well, they were after Jacks, but they pulled that offer. Uncle Wayne. Riley Jacks was offered there for a while. That, yeah, yeah. That well, offer we, just we, got we've pulled. spoken about it. So well, I'm not surprised they pulled it because the way he's played more recently, I, I don't think he is the answer for Brisbane. I don't know if he's the answer for Melbourne at the moment. Well, I think they're going to so. go and get a handful of them. I'd go and get two or three halves. Well, again, I know. Pay, from, instead of paying 800 for one, I'd go and buy three at 250, 300. Well, they've got one in Dargan who I, know, I don't know how he's been playing in Cup. I know he got injured in the middle of the year, but he was the Aussie schoolboy 20s player last year. So clearly he's either not doing the job or he's still injured. Mm. But if you buy somebody like that, like they did, I'm surprised he, he hasn't got a shot yet. So, yeah, uh, yeah Nick Arima to me is still a utility or a nine or a six like Milford. He's not a seven. They mm. need a seven. 
Uh, Warriors, good win. Puts them in that kind of position again where you don't think they can fall out now. They're going to win a couple more games. Nah, They've got the Titans yeah. coming up in a couple other games. They're going to win another game or two. They'll easily get the 12-13. You need to well, be in the top Let's not speak eight. about finals. I think the eight's done. Tigers, Dragons, 20-16. Uh, to 16. St. George, they had all their players back up. I thought a few of them struggled. DeBellin in particular, I don't think, had a happy day yesterday. Ben Hunt was hit and miss again. I, I thought Vaughan was absolutely outstanding yesterday. He, he led from the front with that forward pack. Um, Gareth Widop had a pretty solid outing, but they had yeah. too many errors. They had fifth tackle options. They had trouble with that kind of stuff. And I thought the Tigers, White was six all at halftime, kind of had the better of things. Early in the second half, they got after him quick. They found a couple of nice tries. Moses Mbai and Robbie Farrah combined really well around the middle of the field, and they pulled them apart a couple of times. And I thought the Dragons came home with a wet sail, but it was just too little too late. Yeah. Even though the, the Tigers were gassed, like they just couldn't find a way to close that one out. I thought the Dragons were probably the better team in this game for 20 minutes. I thought the Tigers were the best team in this game for yeah. 60, and the scoreboard probably flattered the Tigers a little. The Dragons played probably the best, most dominant period of the game in that last 10 minutes, but it was too little too late. They they scored a couple of tries and looked as though they, you know, they were charging down, making 100 metres every set in that, that back end, but it was too little too late, so... Look, I think the Dragons, they, they're going to be okay. They're, they're having a little period here where they're dipping, but I, I don't think it's anything that Dragons fans need to be worried about. Yeah, I would be because he only rested one player, and that was Frizzell, and I thought he should have rested him. Yeah, I agree with that. So I agree with that. I think particularly... They looked the, flat in that game against Parra and got away with it. Um, they looked flat again yesterday. Frizzell and Hunt played a bigger portion. Vaughan's only had short stints given the way they use the interchange, so I can understand him playing through. But those other three, I think they And they, they go on to, what, North Queensland this weekend? Yeah. And so my, that's a must-win game for the Dragons. I stick by what I said earlier in the year. He doesn't trust the bench, and I don't think they have the depth. They, they rely on their starting 13 to play big minutes, and they rotate those forwards on and off to keep going. And Why well, give him the week off this week? Yeah, all the origin players? DeBellin and Frizzell in particular needed a rest, and probably Ben Hunt, but... They went against. What do they play? They play Sunday or Saturday night? I think it's I Saturday know, night. But I know they've got to leave early because I spoke to Vaughn. Leave early? What do you mean by that? Well, you usually go up a couple of days beforehand, so they're going to be leaving. Any of those guys? They leave on Friday, wouldn't they? I've only they just got Saturday? out of camp. They're already going back up there. I think midweek. Oh, really? So it's a quick turnaround back into another trip. Well, it's not a quick. It shouldn't be a quick turnaround. It's Sunday no, to I mean Saturday. For the trip. Yeah, not no, being I get that. But why, why would they do that? I don't know, mate. I didn't really speak to him for that long today, but I know they're going up in a couple of days' time. So, what day are they playing? Uh, Saturday night, 7.35. Saturday. So they're not going up Friday. They'll be up probably Wednesday or something. They might leave. Set up camp on Thursday. Wow. Captain's run Friday. Probably do a climate. I'd, I'd, I'd do the captain's run um, Friday night. I'd fly up Friday morning. Mm. Well, they usually like to settle in for a day or two these days. But yeah, Friday. most of those guys just got out of camp. Yeah, they're going back on the road again. Yeah, I'd so. say to them, boys, I'll see you for the plan on Friday morning. Yeah, tough loss for them, but uh, I think that was a missed opportunity against Parramatta to get a rest in there for a few of those guys. So we'll see. Both games, really. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We'll see if that burden carries forward, but we did tip the Tigers for the upset. I was big on that well, one you for did, a charity bet, so... Uh, I was pretty happy with that one. I thought Masters and Nofaluma, and they have an impact. Their yardage game together. The offloads are exceptional. Yeah, you just, the, the one concern out of this was the way that the Tigers finished the game. They were paddling. Oh, the but other than straight. that, they were 
they were the better side, and they got ripped to try because that forward pass from Benji Marshall wasn't forward. So really, they they probably should have been six points further ahead at that point in time anyway at the back end, and the Dragons shouldn't have been any chance of coming back. Yeah. That's what Benji makes Brooks a lot better. Farrah was good again, and Mbaya's been great. So, yeah. Let's not go. I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, well, you're going to go into rant about because you hate Robbie. I don't like I don't Robbie hate either, him. I just, I just don't think... I think he's stifling their attack a little. Well, he, set he up, took a couple of greedy options yesterday late in the game. Well, he's still set a couple down up short sides. So yeah, get I'm, it. I'm, get it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't hate him. I think for... for I just his... don't understand why you would go and buy him at the point of time they did. But anyway... Well, they're trying to make the eight. Yeah. They don't have a nine, so... I, I don't know. They're not going to make the eight. Well, that's They're what not they did, making though. the hate. They're just trying to. So it's, we're having a last dig. So bring back, he gets to bring back someone who's basically set the club on fire two years ago. Well, they're giving him a chance to finish off the right note and hopefully make the finals. I'm not they sure, may not. I'm not sure he deserved that chance. But anyway. Well, they gave it to him. So uh, Last one, Roosters, Titans, 20-12. to 12. Uh, Was it a controversial win somewhat? Yes. O'Sullivan's was definitely a no try. Pilastas was definitely forward. But take those out of the occasion. I still thought... No Tedesco, no Latron Mitchell, no Orbison, no Napa, like no Cronk. Uh, I I still thought they were better than the Titans. I honestly do. And with all those players out, I would have expected better for the Titans. I don't oh, hit great. Take those, take out, those two tries out. It's an even game. Yeah, I still thought the Titans and were quite poor, in particular Ash Taylor. Again, the last few weeks, if he wanted to respond to any chances, speak about of someone who hates player, someone. You hate Ash Taylor. Well, mate, he got a million dollar contract for what? And he was a big part of the whole thing that we happened with Neil Henry behind the scenes. What they were saying, he had trying a big, to keep him. a big say in trying to keep Roberts, and they've got Roberts back, and who the coach was going to be. If and we didn't all um, for what? If we didn't have him, we'd be screwed. Well, he's not worth a million dollars. Not at the moment, he's not. No, no, no I agree with not. that. But I'd much rather pay him a million um, with some upside than pay Hayne a million or whatever they were paying him. So, look, he's got to be better. Garth Brennan's got to take some responsibility for that because he said that he was going to get the best out of him, and to this point, he has on a and handful Cartwright. of occasions. <laughs> Um, but that hasn't happened. So I don't know why it turned into a Cartwright comment because we've we've been over Cartwright. So if, from an Ash Taylor perspective, um, you know, I think there's a few people that are responsible for that as well. Like Gordon Talos has been saying he's going to be going to be this and that. Matty Johns said a, he's going to be the best well, player I was going to get to that. Um, so Matty Johns, again, he said he was going to be the best player in the game at some point in time. So. But this still goes back to my point that you either have to handle or you don't. Like Austin was talked about playing Origin then when all the pressure yeah, and contracts still, came on. Taylor's still a kid and it, look, he's not getting a lot of help. Um, I think there's there's other issues at the Titans that um, aren't assisting him. I, don't, you know, I certainly don't think Nathan Peets is playing good footy. I don't think the forward pack is as dominant as what it should be. To me, the person who doesn't get enough credit at the Gold Coast Titans is uh, Michael Gordon. Michael Gordon. It's been great has been their best player this season by a country mile. He's been fantastic. So, uh, look, it, it, Titans are easy. They're easy targets as well. People sort of saying that they you know, they, they should have won that game and yada, yada, yada. The fact of the matter is is that they had two dog shit calls go against them uh, and it pissed them off. They became a little bit sidetracked, but they've got to be better. Um, I think if, if refereeing decisions are even in this game, do they win the game? I'm not sure. That's one of my only knocks on Ryan James as well. But as they captain. certainly weren't given the chance. Ryan they, James. Yeah, but you go out on the field and have to put up with those two shit calls. I'm fine with that. But he really, really, when something gets under his bonnet, he struggles to let it go. Mm. And he was yelling at the ref and going after him. And one of the taps, he was still yelling at him when the ball got tapped. And I was, I think he's a good footballer, no doubt about it. But I think emotionally, 
him being the captain sometimes, I don't think it's a role that he needs. I think he's got enough responsibility carrying that forward. I think for the most part, he's a, he's a good leader. I would have been frustrated as well at those two decisions. So, Jared But Walsh. then again, the thing is that when you are at the bottom of the table, you get the poorer refs. So I think that's part of it as well. Get better, you get better refs. So... I don't know. Look, I thought, I thought they were better than what they were against Brisbane, put it that way. But again, they played Brisbane without their origin players and the Roosters without their origin players. If they wanted to make the eight, their two games have to win. Well, so, I think they've already screwed that up. So I get that. Yeah. But if they were any chance yeah. and they were talking, you know, they'd won those two games. They'd won at Belmore. They'd won at Leichhardt. They're on a roll. Here we come. And they go, shit, shit. So, and both games at home. The home, the home crowd ground there is not a fortress at all. And... When the Titans are going well, they're winning games at home and that place has got, you know, fifteen to 20,000 in it every week and the predominant number of the fans in the stadium are Titans fans and that I haven't seen that since, geez, it'd have to be, you know, maybe the year that Hayne came back and, you know, shit hit the fan that year but you'd have to go back before that to 2011. So it's been a, a real cold streak for the Titans and they've got to get... Yeah, they've got to get things on track. And Garth Brennan, you know, I think he'll get this year as a pass, but if they're in the same position next year, he, he'll be lucky to have a job. Yeah, well, the Roosters, regardless of the controversial calls, I think, like Penrith have showed, they've got some quality kids coming through. Piasa, Farmasula, uh, as props do, they take a year or so in cup. I thought his stint was great. O'Sullivan's come from 20s into residence the other week, got me into the match, and now he's in our old debut. I thought he was steady last night. I actually thought Kiri took a back seat to O'Sullivan, which says a lot about the well, kid. Well, isn't it interesting? The, and his talk. Harold Matthews' team I had in, I think it was 2013, had Nathan Cleary, Sean O'Sullivan, Jerome Law with the, with the three of the four halves in that team. Yeah, so. great squad. And uh, obviously, Momorowski, I've watched him play a lot of his juniors. He plays multiple positions. He's played six. He's played fullback, centre wing. Come in last night and he did a good job. And crazy to think all debutants scored a try last night. Mm. But they've got some good players coming through and some nice depth there. Still uh, a disrupted year all around. A lot of changes here, there and everywhere. But next week, potentially everybody back on deck. Napa might be back from his injury as well. And Orbison and Madison come back this week. So there's almost six players back in the door. I'd throw the Roosters and the Storm in the same boat in that I don't reckon I've seen their best game yet. You definitely haven't. No dice. So Um, that's a worrying... Sign if on the Dragons in particular. South, I, I can't wait to see South play Melbourne or the Roosters later in the year if Melbourne and the Roosters really get their game on. I think we're going to see some cracker games. Yep. And that wraps up uh, reviews of the games from the weekend. Now jumping into your fan questions. We'll start off with the ones we have uh, on Twitter. Dragons Man Forever Joey says, Hey lads, one, do you think the issues with the Dragons over the past month are structure related or just a matter of simple things such as holding the ball? And two, special mention to Paul Vaughan, who has gone another level this year, was unreal in a beaten side. Yeah, he was good. We've gone over that. Um, look, I think it's a little bit of both. bit of structure, a bit of little, little bit of discipline, but they'll they'll, um, they'll get over these little wobbles they're having and they'll, they'll settle. Well, their 13's much better. They've got, like I said, finally got a pair of halves this year and the forward pack couldn't be much better. The issue is still for me moving forward to the bench, but we'll see how that pans out at the back end of the year. JDHD says, hey, boys, Gareth Rudolph's mouth injury is absolutely horrific. Are mouth guards compulsory, if not, why? Well, Some clubs they are. I know Penrith, it's compulsory. Yeah, well, I guess. Or, it, well, it's not compulsory. It's for juniors. But if you, no, well, no, across the board, if you don't wear a mouth guard and you get a tooth injury, you pay. Mm. That's the deal at Penrith. Well, when, back when I was coaching there a couple of years ago, that was definitely the way that issues were handled. So every player is supplied a mouth guard. They're told to wear it. If they have an injury to their mouth, to their teeth, when they're not wearing the mouth guard by a choice, 
they then pay for that. They're not covered for it. Yeah, well, most clubs, like I said, no offence. I, I agree they should all wear them, but you can't make people wear them if they're not comfortable. Why doesn't the NRL just come out and say you should, you well, should have to wear them? what if you gag and you're one of those people that can't? I struggled. I used to trim mine down badly, but the mouth guard I had barely covered, you know, probably my front eight teeth, to be honest. But different people, it's a comfort thing. They're, they're adults, they make their own decisions. Uh, it was a bad injury, and yeah, you're going to be sitting in the dentist chair this week. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, have fun, Gareth. Yeah. Alex Red Knight says dragons are. Oh, sorry, Alec Knight says dragons are pretenders. The goose of the year goes to myself for renewing my membership. So nah, relax. You could be worse. You could be supporting the Titans or the Bulldogs or Parramatta or the Cowboys. Yeah, it so. Could be a lot worse. Gavin, I'd like to be sitting where you are, mate. Gavin says your thoughts on Sean O'Sullivan's debut yesterday. I thought he was good. Yeah, without being great, um, but they won. He scored a try. Most impressive thing, they didn't have their full arsenal of weapons for him to work with, and I thought he was more dominant than Luke Keary for the most part. He's always been smart. You know, we've I've seen him He's play, a talker. Um, since he was nine. I remember, you know, we coached against him in the under nine. This was two thousand and seven. He was he was playing at Glenmore Park in the under nines, and he just they had probably an inferior side um, to what we had at that point in time. And you know, you're talking about nines football, but he um, he had all the characteristics, and he he talked well, he kicked well, he organised, he tackled, he just. He looked like a real natural half, and there's not a many, not many kids you go down and watch a game him to talk now. Anymore. Yeah, you don't go down and watch a lot of games now and see, you know, a '90s half or an early 2000s mm. half. And he was definitely that at that point in time. You, you, now you just see a lot of kids that, I guess, are robotic. I think, and he was he was definitely a standout in in the way that he played. Well, the number one thing, like I said, is talk. And the residence game we went the other week, empty stadium early on. There, the only thing I could hear was his voice from where we were. And yeah. Like tonight, I had captains run for the boys I've got for this development program. The pair of halves between them, I didn't hear a peep at times. Mm. But Sean O'Sullivan, regardless of size, is smart. He's come from the right paddock. His dad's one of the best recruiters that the game's probably going to see. So he's been around football his whole life. I'm sure he's been coached up on things. But you can't teach them that to have that personality. He's just a pit bull when it comes to organising and being in control of the game. And it's something now that is almost impossible to get out of millennials or these young kids. So... That trait is going to be, you know, very, very handy for him moving forward. He doesn't have a lot of physical gifts, but he is very bloody smart and he is a talker. He will push the team around the park. He did a good job last night. Um, <clears throat> Drew Bagatella says, how was it a try? I'm a Chooks fan as well. Can't wait for the real footy to start now. Ten teams left. What do you guys reckon? Well, we no, both think it's down to eight. Seven teams left. Yeah. Oh, well, top eight uh, pretty much locked yeah. in. Uh, yeah, we're all dumbfounded. The ref's bosses came out and admitted that it wasn't a try, so I think we just have to leave it and take it for what it is, which is a, a massive blunder. Sean McBay says, did you see the under-20s origin? Assuming so, what were some of your takeaways from that? Who drops out of the eight for the Tigers to get in? And following on from last week, what's your KFC go-to meal? Well, I don't think anybody drops out of the eight. Sorry, mate, for, for the Tigers side of things. Did see the 20s origin. Not surprised uh, that Queensland side for the first time. It's been the, usually the other way around that New South Wales is stacked. They had nine NRL level players or guys they've already played. I uh, thought the spine was really, really good in that forward pack. Flegler, the young front rower, along with Carrigan, who are both Broncos kids. They've got so many forwards coming through. Shibasaki, Brimson and the halves again. Jake Clifford, uh, looking at the, the Cowboys' future, I think Clifford may end up partnering Michael Morgan next year over Tamara Martin, to be honest. Mm. I think Martin may end up more in a utility role or... If they don't bring a fullback up there in the name of Valentine Holmes, I think Martin may end up being a guy that might play some some one, or Morgan might play one for Clifford to come in. But that Queensland side, they were, they were very talented. So Queensland were dominant. Go to KFC meal. I like the Nuggets. Yeah, I was about to say Brock's easy pick. He's chicken nugget man. 
you chicken nugget. You just love chicken full stop. Mm. I like multiple things. I like a, a three-piece, but I like the the Wicked Wings box. I like the hot stuff. But Too many bones. KF, bloody, give me a bucket. I like the old bloody thing. I love KF. Oh, we want to be sponsored by KF. That'd be tops. Forget bring the bunker. Bring it on. Luke Saunders. Seems quite a few teams need halfbacks, but many aren't actually available. Do you think Cleary may leave the Panthers? Uh, I think yeah, I think he will. I'm not sure whether he will in this next contract. No, I don't think he'll be a career Panthers player, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's this contract. Well, he's not going to be next. able to be a career Panthers player because he said openly that he wants to Play partner with his up father. with his dad, and his yeah. dad's not going to go back to Penrith. He wouldn't. Think. Well, not with Gus there. I think that'd be untenable. So in the short term, yeah, no. Poindexter. Bit of a fun one, boys. If you could have dinner with three past or present NRL characters, players, coaches, teammates, etc., who would it be? Uh, I think I said before, Joey, Freddie, and Tommy Radonikus, I reckon, would be my three. Yeah, we're getting on the drink or having dinner. Different story. Or having dinner. Yeah, having dinner. We're not having a bender. Jack Gibson. Yeah. Craig Bellamy. I was going to say, Bellamy's easily on my list. Uh, And probably Warren Ryan. Warren Ryan. Mm. Fair enough. Well, I'd probably... Have to uh, forget all. I'd have Bellamy, Smitty, and Slater. I'll take the the Storm set up and talk about that whole period of time and everything. Phil Gould again, you know, he'd be an interesting man to sit down and talk footy with. I think any of those coaches like Warren Ryan, Bellamy, Gibson, Bennett, Gould, get them all around a round table. I'd love to have dinner with all of them. Yep. Brad McMillan, thought on Tom Cruise as an actor. I feel like somehow he's underrated and overrated at the same time. Old man, he's too old to be like. (laughs) He's trying to do a young man's job being an old dude. God bless him for doing his own stunts. But I think he's a, properly rated. I don't think he's underrated. He's a weird scientologist. He's sort of though. properly rated. He does all those stunts and shit. They're legit. Yeah, Google, uh, YouTube. the YouTube. Oh, sorry. Yeah, YouTube it. Broke his leg or something, didn't he? Mate, you want to talk about the greatest stuntman of all time, Jackie Chan. Rum on the Bronx, he broke his ankle. The next day, he put a moon boot on. He did the same thing again, jumped off a building to get on the boat. He's nuts, that bloke. Crazy. Jason Deerham. What the F has happened to Golden Point this year? Before this season, we averaged a Golden Point game around every 26 games. We haven't had one since round We've two. We've had two, this I year. think, all year. But isn't it funny? We bitch and whinge. Oh, both got early, it. too. Yeah, it was round one and round two. We bitch and whinge that we've got it, and then we bitch and whinge that we don't have it. So, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to it. I think it's a reflection of the table. There's a lot of teams that are better than others. Yeah, well, I'm not disagreeing with you there, that's for sure. There's a, there's a big gap between the top eight and the bottom eight. Right? There's not hasn't been as many close games as what we've been accustomed to in previous seasons. No, Andrew Wales, how does Ash Taylor get his mojo back? Seriously, he put in another shocker yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they get Arrow back this week and they've just got to get back to doing what they were doing a couple of weeks ago. Win the middle of the field, give him space and time, but uh, I think he's just got to focus on doing more in between the 20s because I think still he goes missing for the most part unless it's inside 20 and even in there I think he overplays his hands he needs to be more patient he needs to make better decisions and push his team around the field and not just turn up when there's time to attack or you know play on the positive side of things Jamie Dutton are you guys any closer to getting buzz on for a talk hashtag make it happen buzz 2018 well it's people power you guys got to start tweeting at him and keep tweeting buzz keep including I haven't seen many so we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners and there's only been a handful that have tweeted at him. So if you want, to ha- want it to happen, he's people un- power, ladies and gentlemen. He's unblocked us. We've unblocked him. So the channels are open for us to have a chat with Buzz, but we need you guys to get stuck in. And I think get he's been him good the last few weeks on Controversy Corner. He gets after all of them. I like yeah, it. He's been better. Scott Lockyer, Brock, would you prefer Ben Hunt over Ash Taylor at the Titans? And would Ash be a better player if he stayed at the Broncos? Oh, 
What was the first question? You just Would you prefer out. Ben Hunt or Ash Taylor at the Titans? Right now, yes, I'd prefer Ben Hunt. Long term, I'd prefer Ash Taylor. Um, and would he be a better? I think if Ash Taylor's initial stint at the Titans before he signed this deal, I think that was a good move. I think the move for him, it looks like now, would have been to move back to Brisbane if he wanted to play better footy. I think he would be playing better behind this Brisbane team because Brisbane from 1 to 13 are better than the Titans. Yeah. Simple as that. So, of course, he's going to play better at the at the Broncos. They've got a better side. And yep. they've got shitload more cap space than the Titans do and a shitload more pull. Jason Gamel, thoughts on Don Ferno versus Todd Greenberg, war brewing over Whiten's ban. How can every Australian merit team published by every organisation except the Meninga named one list Tedesco at fullback and the NRL not bat an eyelid at Slater, man of the series? Uh, he's made himself. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Well. He's handcuffed himself to that decision. You, you know, you, but we don't know. Mel Meninga might have been in there saying Tedesco's man of the series. You don't know. Well, clearly not because he voted for Slater as How well. do you know that? Well, they all basically came out and said they voted similarly. But how do you obviously. not know? How do you not know that Mal Meninga's votes, if you look at them just individually, didn't have Tedesco as man of the series? Well, you don't know that. They all hinted towards Billy being the best player. So, well, they said he was ahead by a long way. Their but comments if, all lead to the fact they've voted for Billy. But we'll never over know the because the votes off. haven't been released, so we don't know. Well, the NRL could fix that straight away. Laurie Daly said he'd be happy for him to come out, as did all of them. So they could do that. I don't know. I'm just saying that we don't know. So I don't think it's fair to to cast judgment. I just think it's. Well, I mean, that's that's been a flow on. It's been a flow on from the award. Getting the award wrong, he had to name him at one in the merit squad. The merit squad, I would take a leak of piss out of because last year it didn't have Aaron Woods no. or anyone in it, and they all got picked for the World Cup anyway. So, as much as I'd like to think that the Australian side will get picked on form, it won't. There'll be a few guys that get in there that you'll just look at, I reckon, and just think, well, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but incumbency or a bit of favouritism sometimes depending on the situation. As far as Don Ferner versus Todd Greenberg, I think Canberra is just like, more like I said, filthier than the past. They've done the right thing and the NRL shit on them. So this time they've tried to come in a little bit under and do the right thing and rehab the player and have less time for the ban mm. and the NRL's came in over the top again. But again, we haven't seen the footage. So Adam Thomas, so Sean Johnson changed the way he's playing his game. I've noticed in the last few weeks his tackle breaks have gone right down. He has no line breaks and he's kicking a lot less. What's your thoughts? It's been quiet. He's been quiet, he's been but quiet. he's been injured. He's barely played half a season as well. But A story of every season for Sean Johnson at the moment. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's changed that much. I think when their forward pack goes forward like they did on the weekend, he plays good football, set up a couple of tries. I think he's overrated. Ball. I think Put he's overrated, way. but like any half, he plays well when his forward pack goes forward. On the weekend, he looked good when he had a roll on. The week before, people were hanging shit on him, but their forward pack got completely blown off the park in seven or no, six. No, I'm not, I'm not hanging shit on him in any No, but I you can't do anything without a forward pack. I haven't pack, really so. seen... I don't see him bring it week to week no, to be an upper... An, the Warriors don't bring it week to week. An elite half. So, yeah, the Warriors have got that same issue all across the well, park. I think, I think Roger Tuovasa-Shek brings it every week. Yeah, well, so. he's an exception to the rule. But Mike Winkley, with Alan Langer and Stacey Jones running around on the field in the Warriors v Broncos, why not just chuck a jersey on? No, it's ridiculous. Play? Get them off the fucking field. We've said this before. But, yeah. and again, I don't know. Every, every team does it. Every, every blue shirt's out on the field. And it's... Yeah, I don't know. Move on. Josh Reed, why won't everyone crack the shits at the Dallium like they did with Slater's Man of the Series Award? It's a blatant popularity contest. People vote on the Dallium, yet we have situations like Denny Bedeiris voting on a Newcastle game. Oh, I think I don't, I don't think that's an issue. Like I wouldn't think Danny Bedeiris. I wouldn't question his. Integrity. But you can't really question his votes this week if he picked Pierce for three inside Fidi or whoever else, and Hayne got one or two because realistically Newcastle won the game. I don't. I didn't even look at the votes, and even even still, I I didn't see him either. But I that's, know M- MG, MG voted on a game 
um, at Penrith game on a Thursday. What was the game that me and you went to? The Dragons game. I'm pretty sure MG was the Dally M judge for that game. So, um, yeah, it is It is what it is. Or it might have been the Tigers game, actually, that MG was the Dally M judge for. So, again, I I don't know. I, the, the, to me, the Dally M should be done similar to the Brownlow. I think, you know, have multiple people involved in it. I think every player should get a vote, uh, rating one to ten. But people need to realise again, like last year we said this because when they picked the front row of the event, Aaron Woods, which was an absolute fucking joke, it's voted on by the media, so it's their opinion. It's a, a concept that's owned by the Daily Telegraph or that side of Fairfax, isn't it? I don't know, mate. It's all through them, so it's you know you got to take that with a grain of salt. I as think well. also there's too many like associations have this award and that award and player of the year. There's too many. Well, again, the 20s player of the year and the Daly M player of the year at the Daly M's was different to the Players Association, which is voted on by the players. They voted last year that Tedesco, Tedesco which was, crazy. was the best player in the comp. And Jake uh, Harry Grant from Melbourne was the under-20s player of the year. At the Daly M's, Jake Clifford from the North Queensland Cowboys, the half was the 20s player of the year, and the Daly M player of the year was Cameron Smith. So between the media and the players and who they feel is a better player, they had differing opinions. The Fat Sportsman, what's your favourite food to an accompany the footy? I'm very partial to a meat lover's pizza, but we'll happily have charcoal chicken and chips. Food with footy. I reckon a barbie, you can't go wrong. But I'm yeah. not picky. Give me Dirty Bird on a hungover Sunday when I'm watching the footy. Give me a, a Supreme Pizza and I add chicken to it. I mean, I, I just like food. Uh, probably salt and chips. Yeah, good times. Shane Cook, why would uh, why should missed field goals attempt to go over the dead ball line be a seven tackle set for the opposition? Uh, Particularly extra sets. time, in play kicks, grabbers, punts, rolling out the dead ball line. I agree. What's your opinion? Well, no said fucking kick should be a seven tackle set. Shouldn't be a seven tackle set unless you blatantly kick one down, like they did in the past to not kick Slater or a few other guys inside twenty. But yeah, I think it's very obvious when you're doing it blatantly. Shane Boys, the Warriors sim in for the raise forearm and McCulloch getting ten for throwing. Punches. Yeah, we've covered. Oh, we've covered that one. Ben Kirkham. I replied to Benny. Yeah, well, I saw this one, and I think we had similar teams, but it wasn't exactly the same. If they were all on deck for the Panthers, I would have Dallin playing fullback. I'd have Edwards playing a wing. I think Edwards is done for the year. Yeah, well, he said if they were all healthy, though. That was what he asked. Not... Ed, Edwards done for the year. Yeah, but he asked if they were all back. No, I think he said taking in consideration who's going to be back this year. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Hypothetically. Yeah. Go. Edwards, go. Give yeah, us your that's what he's getting at. Hypothetically, if all possible hands are on deck, is what he's saying here. So Edwards, I'd have on the wing. I'd have Wunga, Blake, and Farah in the centres. Mansour on the other wing. Halves are easy. Maloney, Cleary. Front row with Merrin and Campbell Gillard. Katara at nine. The back row, Yo, Kikau, Fisher-Harris. The bench is where it gets hard, obviously, because they've got so much depth. I'd keep Peaches, Utility, Tarmau. Hetherington in the last spot would be between Harawira and Naira or Layota, but I'd probably take the extra middle in Layota. So that leaves out Crichton, Phillips, Luai, May, Egan, Aikens, Ellis. Like it just shows how stacked they are, really. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Brad Tasker, age-old question of the week, boys. Battered or crumbfish? Man, there's been some food questions with us lately. Neither. I don't like fish. I will have you know battered fish from the fish and chip shop, but I'm not a big fan. The last time I ate fish... Mate, you never eat fish. No, would have been. You have a tiny bit every so often on Would have been when Good Dad, no, I never have it even on Good Friday. Dad would have forced me to have it. As so a kid. that was when I was living at home and I wasn't big enough to tell him to stick it. So that would have been, I don't know, 11, 12. So Good times. Looking at 18 years ago. Ibs last. what's your opinion on the way Matt Dufty is being used? Uh, he's without one of, the, one of the fastest naturally gifted fullbacks in the league, but I think he's used incorrectly. 
Yesterday's game against the Dragons Tigers, forwards were creating offloads in second phase, but he was out on the edge setting up for the next play when he should have been pushing to the middle. It's not until Leilua came on, he started to come in the field ball and we looked more dangerous. Also, Leilua needs more minutes. He was outstanding yesterday. Well, I disagree with you on that one because Leilua made an error early on straight away and the reason he doesn't get a lot of minutes is because he's not fit enough. And if you watch the Melbourne game the week before, Melbourne went after him purposely because he's still kind of an under-20s type player. He had to lose 10, 15 kilos just to get ready to play some NRL. And anytime he's on the field, they just go after him defensively. And he's a one-way player. He's great in attack. He's poor on the ball. Dufty's a good footballer, but Dufty plays way too sideways. And if they're not going forward, he doesn't get on the back of it and he doesn't look as good. He should be sniffing around the middle of the ruck. Yes, I agree with that. And he's very, very dangerous. But he crabs way too much when things aren't going well. And he never dies on a play. And it was proved in the last play of the game when he ran himself over the sideline, basically. Uh, I think they're going to have an awkward... Dufty's done, Dufty's done some good things. He's, he's done he's some gonna, great he's things. He's going to be okay. Yeah, I think he's good, but I just... He's, t- he's a kid. When they're going laterally a lot of times, he refuses to die or he crabs or he, he, he pushes learning. his envelope. He's he is a good footballer. How old is he? He's 20. No, he's not 20. How old is he's he? He's played cup for a couple of years. He'd be 22, 23 now. Oh, still. So I like Leilua as well, but he definitely needs to get more fitter. The more minutes part, it's down to him. He he had to chop plenty of weight just to get his crack. He's great with the ball, but defensively he's a liability. That's but a guy I mean. like him also, he could chop too much weight. So he's, I reckon he's still got 5'10 to lose, but you wouldn't want to lose any more than and that. The thing about it is definitely an advantage. he has to play a back row type role. He doesn't last in the middle long enough, and they don't need him in the back row on their side. So he doesn't really yeah. fit. That's the issue with Leilua and their team. Duncan Bridgeford, keen to hear some background on you blokes playing careers. Well, I think we've done this a couple of times, so there's not a whole lot. Well, we both played up until 20s flag. Yeah. So we played similar level. We both just got injured. So uh, not much else to tell. We played different levels at Parramatta and the Raiders, and we were both from Penrith originally, and now we coach. So good times. Jay Smith, the merit team seems suspect. Does it actually hold any weight for the team at the end of the year? Because Clemmer, no Holmes, etc. seems a bit silly. It's subjective. It's Yeah. Like, like I said last year, they picked it and I looked at it and I thought that looked pretty good. And then the World Cup got picked and Aaron Woods and blokes I didn't think deserved to be in the World Cup side. They're in the World Cup side, so I'd take it with it a There's also style. a World Cup squad. So this year they're going to have to pick a team for one game. So hopefully it's different. Yeah, well, let's see what happens. James Douglas, how does Slater's raised for uh, Sarte's raised forearm get a ten minute punishment when arguably a lesser incident from Sam gets a, uh, two games off? Well, I've always been under the belief there needs to be more Simmons for offences uh, that later get weeks to benefit the team affected and not the rest of the competition. How can they justify one without the other? Well, there's no consistency. Ten minutes Spot from on. the field should be not comparable to two weeks or even one. I agree. No different to the punches like Walker's. Eye socket was fractured, yes, and he got hit multiple times. But McCulloch's throwing three punches before Sato's even got a crack. Mm. And we say we want to stamp out fighting in the game. Three punches for a bit of a raised forearm. If you wanted to set an example and tell kids that that's not okay, well, how come McCulloch's getting a $1,000 fine and getting to play next week? I know he's probably got zero prize because he's a pretty clean skin, but he cracked the bloke a couple of times, piss weak punches or not, before he even got a look in. I'll sum it up in one word, inconsistency. Inconsistent. Uh, ben Kirkham says, I also bought my grand final tickets prediction time. Who will I be watching play? After what I've seen up to this point, I'd be happy to say that Souths are going to make the GF. I think Souths are the real deal. The other team that gets in, crossed, uh, if you maybe pick one, I, you know, the Roosters have got plenty that I think of improvement. I think, I think the Dragons may be an outsider. I'd, I'd probably say Penrith or the Roosters for me are the most likely to be there with Souths. I, I don't know about the Storm or or the, the Dragons or the Sharks, but they, they'd be the other three kind of outside. I'd say them. two of these three, Souths, Penrith, Roosters. Mm. 
and I'd be more likely to agree with you on that side of things. NRL fantasy expert, what do you guys know about Bennett and his beef for the NRL? I was shocked to see Fafita named at center, not Stags. And the commentator mentioned something about him not in the 30, so he can't start. Compare this to Manly's hooker, who wasn't even allowed to play as he wasn't in the 30. I'm confused. Where do these rules come from? Yeah, well, but he wasn't allowed to play because they had Jackson Hastings, who was a part of their 30, yeah. that they refused to lose. And that was their, their own fault. And the NRL said, well, he's not injured. You're just, you know, Stop got a vendetta, playing. and it's actually against the playing the terms of the playing contract. Yeah. So the NRL dug in a little bit there, but basically, you have to be you the have top to 30. use your thirty, and if you have injuries within that thirty, you have to apply for special dispensation to be allowed. So in periods of hardship where you don't have players available in a certain position, and the NRL can say, yeah, you can bring a kid in. Simple as that. Well, let's put it this way. They basically, you can't go out of your top 30 and say, well, this guy's playing maybe better than the kid that we don't have in our top 30 right now. That's not what it is. You no. pick your 30, you gave those contracts, that's yeah. the 30 but you But say you had with. three hookers and they all got injured, they give you special dispensation yeah. to bring someone in. But for Brisbane's sake, like I said, Stags and a few of these other guys that may be in those development deals or outside their yeah. 30, they can't just use them because they feel like it. That's right. They gave their top 30 for a reason. They have to use their top 30 if they've got someone who can cover those spots. Mind you, I think... For teams that are out of top eight contention, they should open it up and allow them to use their development players. Oh, if they want to, yeah. I have no problem with that. Once it's not going to be... As long as it's against out. other teams that aren't finals affected. I don't think they should be yeah, able to okay, boost their side against the finals. That's though. fair as well. So if the Dogs play the Eels this week and they've got kids, I'd say go nuts. Play yeah. anyone you want. Dominic Coogan, Souths have been linked with every second row on the market to replace Crichton. Who should they get that is available? Well... I had a look at this. The market isn't very great. Probably the two best options, the two blokes I don't think they're going to be able to get, which is Jaden Sewer, who they've already made a big offer for, and he still hasn't made a decision but says he wants to beat the Broncos, and Pangai Jr., and he also said he wants to beat the Broncos. So other than that, the market would be a bunch of young guys, kids, or a stopgap for a year. And they're going to be looking for another back row when Sutton goes as well. Well, they're trying to keep him now for an extra year. So. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. But in the next year or two, they're going to be looking for another Well, they went for Kafusi. So. He stayed at Melbourne. And these two kids now are great options. But they've also dabbled at the possibility of bringing Oates into play back row. But I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. I either. wouldn't do that. If they're going to do a stopgap for a year, I had a look on the list. There's a couple of guys there, but I, I don't know. I, it, those two would I'd be, be I'd be having a look at some of Penrith. You know, a Harawir and Ira or an Ellis or someone like that that's played a little bit first grade. That no, well, Corey Riddell's off contract. I know he hasn't played Corey yet, Riddell. but I'd pick him up for my top 30 happily. Yeah. Jay Strasberg, boys with old Bernard, Bernard coming out and saying the Roosters O'Sullivan try should have been disallowed because the ball touched the ground after the side of the post. Is he admitting that the guys in the bunker don't know the rules of the game? I know it's a tricky one, but there is a job to know this stuff. It was early in the game. It gave the Roosters momentum and decides a top four spot in a home final possibly. Hmm. Well, you spot it's their job to know the rules. If one group of people in the game know the rules, it's the bunker. And it looked to me last night that they were the only people that didn't know the rule. Yeah, well, it was pretty straightforward for all to see, that's for sure. It doesn't matter. Take the post out of it. It came off his hand. Yeah, it, it hit the ground and rolled into him, so it's gone forward. And yeah. as soon as you knock it or drop it and it touches the ground, basically, unless it's back, which it wasn't, it's a knock-off. It's just a no-brainer. Sydney Miller, did Chambers do enough in Origin to make the Roos turn at the end of the year? Certainly no. not. Latrell would take his spot, but there's still time left, I guess, in finals, so see what happens. What happened to the rumours of Munster leaving and if he'd be a good fit for the Titans? Well, any of that was just same as exactly Titans as Titans don't is. need a half either. Rumours. There was rumours about it. He loves Smith. He loves Bellamy. He loves the club. He's not going anywhere by all reports. Uh, the Titans... They, I don't think he'd go to the Titans anyway. He yeah, but walk, we, we shouldn't be looking. We've got Brimson and Taylor there. Like, he, well, develop those those guys. Lock up Brimson first yeah. of all. They haven't even done that. 
Is Jerome Hughes a genuine half? No, he's not. He's more of a fullback, but he can play a bit of six. I noticed Cameron See, Smith. See, from the Titans, I'd be going to buy a Jerome Hughes. Well, you That'd did have Jerome Hughes. Be... You let him fucking well, go. There you go. You debuted That'd him, be one let him go to the Cowboys, um... and then we picked him up on the back of it. That'd be one that I'd be looking at. Like someone should have like never that. let him leave. But I noticed Cameron Smith took on more of a first receiver work when Hughes was actually playing seven. Yeah, well, Hughes is more of a ball runner than he is a ball player, and Cameron Smith's one of those guys that can dictate a game from nine and jump out to first receiver, so... I think moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me if they did go with the pairing of Munster and Hughes and play a bit looser and just let Smith dictate things more out of nine. And he kicks from there as well, so he could take a bit of the burden off. Is it the right option moving forward? I think it gives us more chance uh, attacking-wise than it does with Jacks. And if not, they have to go with Croft. But we'll wait and see this week who they name. Scott Brony, Jerome Luai, what do you boys know about him? Looks like he plays a lot of confidence in attack. Surely clubs looking for a half will be taking a real good look. Well, they can look for now, but they can't have him until 2020 because mm. he's still contracted next year. Someone could sign him technically next year if Penrith are willing to let him go, but that won't happen. They won't let a depth player like that go. They've got him for another year. Yeah, I coached him for three or four years at the Panthers, so along with Nath Cleary and Sean O'Sullivan and that, that sort of group that's come through. So Waddell, Kate Ellis... So I've seen a lot of those boys come through and develop. So. Good football player, natural runner of the ball. Yeah, uh, He can play six, seven. And what Gus has said is, like the, a lot of the Panthers guys have said on TV this week about, you know, originally he looked like he was going to develop a little bit quicker than Nathan Cleary because he was probably better at a younger age. But the things that Nathan had in that, that he was tougher and probably a better defender and talked a little bit better and was a better organiser probably – jumped over the abilities that Jerome had at near 19, 20 years of age because they're they're easier to transfer into an NRL game. There's so. also the other side of it, which is physically. Jerome's a bit lighter than Nath. Nath's well, pretty both, thick. They're both, even now, don't look to be fully developed NRL players. No, but Nath's definitely thicker than Jerome is, that's mm. for sure. He's got that frame. He's a bit more solid around uh, his shape. But both, both good kids, same as Sean O'Sullivan, like just want to play, want to learn. So it's taken them... To the, to the top grade. So it's a good lesson for kids coming through. Yep. Ryan Miller, every week I wonder why a knock-on in goal trying to score a try deserves a seven-tackle set. Also, are we going to see anyone else in the bin for raising their arm this season? Happens all the time and nothing would have happened if the punches didn't uh, happen. Bet yeah. Sarte wished he'd thrown some now and shown him how to learn. We should have. Well, I don't believe he didn't. I can't believe he didn't react. I certainly would have. And, mate, you've hit the nail on the head, like I said before. Rhea Hargraves, all these guys. I'm not saying it's a tactic, but just about every front row gets their bumpers up sometimes a bit yeah. loose blokes cop it everyone, everyone lifts their bumpers going I think it's it. fair to single out Warrior Hargers I mean they all do it all the that's what I'm getting at but like you want to pick out front rollers in particular like that technique by most front rollers when you're going into crash is you get your bumpers up sometimes you get someone a little bit in the chest yeah, or around I, the throat I, I, but it's not blatant it's what they do it's what every one of them does it's contact sport but uh, yeah the seven tackle set thing wouldn't disagree with either Gav Carl, he's just got here the bunker. Well, we've talked plenty about the bunker and the referees, and they obviously didn't have a great weekend. Pat Crosby, the last one we got here, with some of the crazy coin getting thrown around for non-rep players, it's saying that Newcastle have paid unders for Callum Ponga. Here's my pick for the first person to sign a $2 million a year contract further in the line. What are your thoughts, Will? Yeah, they paid unders for what he's delivering them. Certainly need uh, the cap to go up a bit to pay $2 million for somebody, because if you did that right now, you'd be chewing up a massive, wackier cap to try and fit a top 30, and that's for sure. Um, yeah, big ask. But yeah, well, that's what happens when you roll the dice. They've rolled the dice and they've come up trumps. They've got somebody in um, who's obviously, you know, playing well above that ability at this point in time in, in his development. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you roll the dice. You get the benefit. Yep. Last one here for you. Martin Adam. 
Quick question for Brock for the podcast. Would Shane and Ben Walker be a good fit for Leeds now Brian McDermott is gone? Might be a good stepping stone to an NRL good. Any good Aussie coaches you might think want to crack at the Wigan job? Um, yeah, well, they sacked Brian McDermott. Sir Kev is coaching the side at the moment. Uh, yeah, they'd ben be good. The Walker, Walker would suit the Walker, Super Walker brothers would be fantastic. Um, it's an or, you game. know, you'd look at someone like Andrew Demetrio or, you know, good young Aussie coaches. There's plenty of them around. Okay. Good times. Well, what about what the Wigan you, what job? What do you want me to say? The Wigan job, same thing. You'd be going, looking again at assistants that are that are doing a good job. I don't know. You like, do, you, do you go and look at someone like David Ferno? Do you go and look at, you know, an assistant, a John Cartwright? Do you go down that avenue? Like, I, I probably wouldn't if I was an NRL. Uh, sorry, if I was a Super League team, I'd rather a coach on the up, not a coach that's sort of been proven to be... You know, not a failure as an NRL coach, but it jumped around a little bit to NRL clubs. So I'd be going, yeah, for a younger, younger coach, definitely. Oh, good. Mick Webb took salary cap. The haters out there again. The news of the Pommy Wingers potential signing. Surely Fergo was on a bit of coin. Are the Roosters really the worst salary cap cheats? I don't think they're cheats. They've just got they're more, they've third, got parties. more third parties. And, and they're else. allowed to use their third parties. So rightly or wrongly, when people disagree, that it frustrates a lot of people, but that's the way the game is at the moment. And they're allowed to use that avenue. So full power to any club that has the third parties to try and you know get some people uh, into their club without burning the whole salary cap. Brisbane certainly have the ability right now with Sua, Pangai, and a lot of these guys that are going to market of holding them up or potentially keeping them because they're going to have third parties to you know try and spread the load out a bit more. I think every, everyone's trying to exploit the rules of the salary cap. I don't think systematic cheating. We've only seen that really the once. So oh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, no disagreement there. And that's all the fan questions for this week. So moving on now to uh, our gossip and any tips from the weekend. Brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate, and they had another good weekend. The boys they went three from three on their lines, and their best bet is now. Six from eight. They gave another good one on the weekend. They had the Tigers with a seven and a half start. Obviously, we tipped the Tigers to win. So if you would have followed in on both sides of that, when you send those affiliate links that they had up for the weekend, uh, you would have got a double field box head. Mm. You would have got the line, and then we got your, what, 315, I think it was, before kickoff. So good times there. The package, so a good week for them in the package. They come out ahead. Best bet, come out ahead. The sign up there for Ladbrokes. A few people message about Palmer bet. Uh, we'll try and get the boys from the, the syndicate to get the Palmer bet one teed up again for anyone there. And the tips package, first month, half price, $99 there. Get onto that one. If you don't get a return profit in your first month, the second month you get for free. After that, it goes back to the original price of 200 You can cancel any time, no locking contracts. And the charity count, bing, bing. We've got, uh, I think, five of like the last six now. Yeah. So we're doing pretty Should good. Be ticking along all right. Big thanks to them for following us in on that. The Pro Sports Syndicate, get on board with the boys. But Mr. Gossett and what he's got for us this week, Brock, Tui Lola here, he has agreed to terms with Leeds. Yeah, that their happened. first signing. That happened last week. I heard so. uh, Sinfield's coming out with that one. That's his first official yeah. signing. The rumours are getting stronger that Cooper Cronk will retire at season's end. Well, that's interesting because a lot of mail, there's a lot of mail out there that he won't. Um, he signed a two-year deal and he laughs at that rumour, but... I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, isn't there? And they're, they're, him and his wife are about to welcome their first bub. So, you know, life will change. And his form's been indifferent. I think he's been sold without yeah, being outstanding. So, fine. He could definitely play another year. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's keen to play, though. Like I said, like he's actual on field right. and so he's I a think bit last year or two. It'll just be whether he wants to or whether he doesn't. I don't think it's an issue. It's an on field issue. 
Brian Kelly from Manly. He's off to the Tigers, according to Mr. Gossip. Mm. So not too sure uh, how many years or whatnot. It hasn't really That's clarified here, but... Yeah, bit of a, a weird one. I, I don't really think they're in need. Why are mainly shelling players? Like, have they really got that many cap issues? I don't think this one would be a cap issue. I think this guy would be someone that might get 50000 more at a different club compared to Manly and would just be taking the offer, maybe. Um, they're obviously moving on from Malachi, and I think they may have one or two other outside backs moving on, so they're just yeah. getting Brian Kelly into their team, maybe. Kurt Baptiste, he's heading back to the Canberra Raiders for next year, so left Canberra. Could have done with him the start. Then they got an injury, then he went to Lee, then he went to the Roosters, but it's come full circle, and he'll be going back there next year to back up Hodgson. So, there you go. Yeah. And the West Tigers also are in talks with James Seguiara. So a couple of weeks ago, they were having a, a nibble at Luke, now they're looking at Seguiara, so obviously looking to address that night situation moving forward. Yeah, Farrah and Seguiara. Oh, Farrah won't be there at the end of the year, I think. We'll see. We get to finish him the year off and finish off in Tigers colours, but uh, tips going to be a bit different. We obviously don't have the lineups. We're just going off what the draw is for this weekend, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. But last week, I forgot to write down our results, so I can't tell you what we're on right now. I'll have to look at that later on. But Good job. First game we have for this weekend, Thursday night, it is the Parramatta Eels against the Bulldogs. Uh, Parramatta were absolutely woeful. Last week, the Bulldogs, plenty of effort, but, you know, playing up against the quality side Ugh, in South Sydney. Hard one to pick. I don't see any changes, really, on the Bulldogs side of things. Parramatta, uh, I don't think they'll be making much of a change either. I'm just going to tip the Bulldogs because I honestly think that they're more disciplined and they'll give a better effort than the Parramatta Eels. Eels, I've got no idea. Mr. Gossip, he's tipped the Bulldogs without these lineups from the Pro Sports Syndicate. Parramatta, $1.75, 208 for the Dogs, minus two the line. One to twelve eels, three dollars, three thirty for the dogs. Thirteen plus four dollars for the eels, five dollars for the dogs. Sharks uh, versus the Raiders on the Raiders side of things. Brad Abbey likely to come back in this week. Jared Croker will be out, so the reshuffle there looks like Abbey will go to fullback, Kotrick to centre, and the back line stays the same as is with Austin on the bench uh, for Cronulla. I don't think they had many issues out of the weekend. Luke Lewis apparently may not be back this week, maybe the week after. So. If things stay similar there, uh, Dugan also likely to be delayed a week, but Ramian likely to come back. But Shark Park, uh, I'll be taking the Sharks. Yep, here's where your real test starts, Canberra, Cronulla. Yep, Mr. Gossip, clean sweep. We're all on the Sharks, $1.55 for them, two forty five for the Raiders with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Minus four and a half is a line. One to 12 Sharks, $3, three seventy five for the Raiders. 13 plus $3 for the Sharks, $6 for the Raiders. Broncos Panthers. Now this gets interesting because again, no lineups, but we know the halves for Penrith. Maloney may be missing with a toe injury, but I have no issue because with May or Luai, Luai's played with Cleary, so I think that makes the better option, and he's been better. So, I think so than Tyra. Yeah, but I think maybe the last two weeks of what you've seen, you might go Luai over May at this point in time. Well, I go, I go May over Egan on the bench. So, but that's oh, just me. I wouldn't have Egan on the bench either. But I think with those guys back in, Peachy back in, and possibly Mansell this week with the forward pack. Brisbane off ahead, Gowie limped off. Pungai Jr., if he plays, is probably going to be playing needled, and they've lost Jaden Sewer possibly for the rest of the season. It is at Suncorp, but I just think Penrith getting their players back after a hard little trot here looked the more likely of the two. So. Yeah, I'm going to tip Penrith, but I think it's it's interesting because both teams rested their origin players, which I think was intelligent. Well, the Brisbane, Broncos uh, didn't. Um, oh, they didn't? No, Maguire played. Okay, sorry. So did Oates. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Penrith. So McCulloch. Yeah, Penrith. It's at Suncorp, but... Teams, I don't think, fear going to Suncorp. No. Um, Penrith lost last week. I think they'll be rejuvenated, and I think they'll win. 
Yep. This and is our first Gamecast of the year too. We're going to do Gamecast on this game on Friday night. There you go. We should probably post up on the page as well as this during the week. Let we said it know. last week. But uh, with the Pro Sports Cynic at the Broncos, $1.85, $1.95 for the Panthers, minus one and a half. Is the line one to twelve Broncos three fifteen three twenty five for the Panthers thirteen plus Broncos four dollars four fifty for the Panthers. Second one, it is the Newcastle Knights versus the Gold Coast Titans on the night side of things. Uh, Sione Matiata possible fractured eye socket, so you'd think that Nathan Ross would come in and fill that spot there. Ponga, they're hoping to get back this week. With what I read today, it's unlikely he might be out for another week. So. Nick Meany was safe last week, but uh, it'll be a tougher test against the Titans, even though they're a bit Jekyll and Hyde. Titans, Arrow will come back in. Hipgrave likely to come back in this week. It is at Newcastle, but I think after two poor performances, they have to win this week. So I think uh, they will have more than Parramatta. I'll go the Titans. I'll go Newcastle. I've got no faith in the Titans at the moment. Yep, and no one could really blame you for that. I think they were tough last week, but I just think they'll be a little bit more from the Gold Coast, but... They're the slight favourites of the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.85 Newcastle, $1.95. Mr. Gossip, he's with you. He's on the Newcastle Knights. The line, minus one and a half. One to 12 Knights, three twenty-five, three fifteen. The Titans, 13 plus, four fifty for Newcastle, $4 for the Titans. The Tigers versus South Sydney. Is this at the SCG? This is usually the one that's at the SCG, isn't it? It won every time around this year. I didn't... Is this, are, we, are we at retro round? Is this retro this round? This is retro round, okay. but it's not. Yeah. It's at ANZ, so... That's a bit unfortunate. I like it when it's usually that game at the SCG. I was actually going to say we should probably go, but uh, ANZ for this one. So technically it's a, a Tigers home game, but it is South Sydney's home ground. But uh, I think everyone will be back on deck for the Tigers. Massive week. They don't need any more motivation for 10 in a row than John Sutton playing 300 games. So I know the Tigers were good last week, but if they even slip or fall any bit like they did against the Dragons, the, uh, the Souths have a lot more firepower. They'll blow them off the park. So Souths for me. Yes. Mr. Gossip, he's gone the upset. He's going the Tigers to get another win and continue their push for the finals with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Dollar thirty-five are South three twenty. The Tigers eight and a half the line. One to twelve Tigers four fifty three dollars for South. Uh, Thirteen plus nine dollars Tigers two thirty for South. Cowboys Broncos. Oh, sorry, Cowboys Dragons. Sorry, uh, up there, Townsville. Uh, the Cowboys. I'm with you. They look like they've kind of mailed it in. I thought they might want to bring a bit of upset value, but there just looks like there's nothing left in the tank. There's no I they punches. will probably in the last month when that, yeah. you know, the fairy tale for JT. A couple they of they start to get a little bit of energy back, but at the moment... Still they, seven weeks away. It's right. I think, yeah. Dragons have to bounce back. Uh, I know a couple of those guys are tired, but I'm with you. Uh, getting away from home, going up there, it's, it's a must-win type of game after a little bit of a flat spot and losing the last couple. I'll be going the Dragons. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Dragons. They've got more to play for. It doesn't mean much because the Cowboys are at home and who knows, if they if they turn up even 75% of best form, they could beat the Dragons. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Gossip, he's gone the upset again here. He's gone the Cowboys, so wait and see how that pans out. But the Pro Sports Cynic at $1.55 for the Dragons, two forty five for North Queensland. The Warriors and the Storm. Oh, sorry, I've gone a bit too quickly here. Minus four and a half is a line in that game. One to twelve Dragons, three dollars three seventy five for the Cowboys. Thirteen plus Dragons, three dollars six dollars for the Cowboys. Warriors versus the Storm, and I have no doubt in my mind the Warriors will want some vengeance because earlier in the year that Anzac game, Melbourne absolutely dismantled them. They melted them, yeah. Uh, it is in New Zealand, so a completely different setup. They get to travel home after a good win last week at Suncorp. Ken Marmolo was out last week. He's likely to be back on deck this week. Still no Arfoa and no Harris. They're four to six-week injuries, so that would be probably the only change for their side of things. 
On the Storm side of things, you're expecting back all five Origin players. Uh, Dale Finucane has a fitness test, so they could possibly be getting back about seven players in the last two weeks if Finucane's back on board with Bromwich and those guys. The half is the big question. Hughes, Jax, Croft, I don't know who it's going to be. But after they rested those guys, I'm going to tip the Storm to upset them over there. Storm. But the Warriors... I want to see the Warriors beat a top four. They do like playing Melbourne. Early in the year, they didn't show it, but usually they have a bit of love because the way they like to play their football. If they get the power game and the offloads going, Melbourne struggle. I just hope it's a good game, close game. Yeah, well, early in the year was very disappointing. It looks that on paper. It looks good. Mr. Gossip, he's on the Storm, so a clean sweep with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $1.65 for the Storm, two twenty five for the Warriors. Minus 3.5 is the line. 1-12 Storm, $3.350 for the Warriors. 13-plus Storm, three forty five fifty. For the Warriors. And the last game of the round is the Manly Seagulls versus the Roosters. Without the lineups again, I'm assuming Tedesco and Latrell are back on deck. Cronk, I don't know about the kid situation, if he's had the baby or what's the go there, but he'll be in Sydney this time around if he's likely to line up again. Orbison pulled out with a hamstring. They said he's likely to be back. Napa's likely to be back. So if they have all six or so guys come back on board this week, I have no doubt they'll want to start strong with their run into the finals. Manly, um, you know, they've left some games on the table. They've had a rough year. It is at home, but I, I just tip the Roosters. Cause I'm, yeah, going to tip the Roosters. But if Manly replicate that performance, uh, they came out against uh, Melbourne, they can win. Yep. And Mr. Gossip's on the Roosters also. $1.53 with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Arthur Chooks, two fifty for Manly. Minus 4.5 is the line. $1 to $12, $3 for the Roosters. Three seventy five for Manly. 13 plus $3 for the Roosters. And $6 for Manly. Quick look at some of the futures markets and what's going on here. The Premiership market, South and Storm are now equal favourites at 450. Roosters 550, Penrith 8, Dragons 8, Cronulla 9, Warriors 17, Brisbane 21. Well, if you're looking at value there, I think Penrith now is your value at $8 if you're going to have a dip now. I still like those top three. I wouldn't be betting on that this time of the year anyway. I wouldn't take Melbourne at 450. See what happens post-origin. I wouldn't be taking Melbourne at 450, that's for sure. Uh, the minor premiers, South at two fifty, Melbourne three twenty five, Dragons four fifty, Roosters seven. Uh, I'd if you're confident on something, look at South draw. I'm not too sure, but at two fifty, I'd still have a hundy on that. To be honest, I don't. Yeah, see. I think the Dragons are going to come good. Their their draw looks okay. I had a look at that today. Well, being ahead of the Dragons and Melbourne, I don't think Melbourne are going to be the minor premier. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the Dragons either. But I wouldn't be taking any of those odds, but. To make the grand final, like we said earlier, if you like South, there two twenty five, Melbourne two twenty five, Penrith four dollars, Roosters two seventy five, Dragons four, Sharks four fifty. Uh, top four, that's basically all settled now. I think the value there is if Penrith or Cronulla, they're both two thirty five, they're both a chance of still being in the top four. Top eight, uh, if you still think Canberra or West three fifty and four dollars respectively for those two to slip in. To miss the eight, that would mean the Broncos or the Warriors, more likely the Broncos now because they're behind. There's $4 there. Wooden Spoon, Parramatta, they're firmed into a $1.90, but they're playing the team they're competing with in the Dogs this week at two seventy five. So I'm sure if the Dogs win, that'll basically be getting posted to Parramatta, you'd think. Um, yeah. Done. Any other bits and pieces no, here? We've gone long enough, mate. Right, he's shutting it down. Yeah. Come on. You were whinging and bitching before that it's late night. Hour 45. Well, no one can hear you now because you're away from the microphone, but... Put a fork in it. Finishing things off, big thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate, as always, for the charity bet supporting the podcast in that regard and obviously being on board and helping out. Uh, keep your eyes out for their bet of the week and those affiliate sign-ups for the bonus bet. Ladbrokes last week, hopefully Palmer bet 
again this week and that package, $99 half price your first month. Get on board with the boys. Three from three on the weekend, six from eight with their best bets, and they're running $1,000 profit plus for the year. Big thank you to Penrose Solar Center. Trust me, get on board. Help your pocket. Help yourself leading in the summertime now. Sort that out. PenrithSolar.com.au and a pan boltmaster if you're a tradesman like myself you can source all your supplies all your tools all your gear from the boltmaster www.nepbolt.com.au there you go podcast late night almost 11 on a monday but done dusted ready for another week of rugby league and the back end of this nrl season as we run into the finals origin is finished the effect is over who will kick on and get hot heading into the finals enjoy your week Enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.